What is up, YouTube? Welcome in to another edition of Bucky and BK live on Texas Sports Unfiltered and on the free Texas Sports Unfiltered app. Today is Wednesday, December 27th, 20 and 23. And the Buck and I are with you until 10 o'clock this morning. And of course, Texas Sports Unfiltered is live until 5 o'clock this afternoon, getting you set for the Sugar Bowl. We are five days away from the college football playoff semifinal games. Of course, the Texas Longhorns taking on the Washington Huskies in New Orleans the night of January 1st, and we will be there in the Big Easy, breaking it all down. Plenty of college football talk. We'll recap some of the bowl games from the last few days. We'll recap the NFL weekend. We'll talk some NBA, some college basketball and so much more. Plus, Florida woman made a headline nice. during the long holiday weekend. But uh, hope all of you had a fantastic long holiday weekend. Merry Christmas to you and yours. Happy holidays to you and yours. And, uh, of course, Happy New Year coming up here in just a few days. What's going on, Buck? How you feeling, my man? You feeling better? Have you, have you kicked it now? Is it all gone? Yeah, still got a little bit of a lingering cough, but I feel like I sound like I'm back to normal. Good, man. Good. I had a wonderful holiday. It was the Christmas was good. And of course, I, I always screw that up. I couldn't help myself. And having my wife open up stuff on on Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. And there was nothing around the tree on Christmas morning for little Charlie Brown here because we had opened up things before Christmas Day. Merry Christmas to you, CB, and, and Michael C., the whole gang, all you folks out there, all part of our family. Happy holidays to all of you. Yeah, but I, I couldn't help myself. I had gone to, to the Cohen family. I'd go to the Cohen and Sons, and I couldn't help but have my wife open up things before Christmas started. So I know. And then on Christmas morning, I'm like, wait a minute, there's a tree. There's nothing under the tree. She goes, you opened up all the shit. I mean, really. What are you doing? I don't know. I, I'm, a, I'm a Christmas spoiler. I'm that guy that likes wow. to do that stuff. I used to, in my household, I was the oldest of eight, and nothing got opened up the night before. But we, hell, we put the, we put the, used to put up the tree the night before Christmas. That was everybody's deal. You had to be at my house. Like when you came home from college and stuff, yeah. you couldn't go out and hang out. I used to do the midnight mass thing when everybody was drunk at midnight mass, and the priest used to say, hey, shut up back there. I mean, he'd be doing it, doing a service, and he'd go, hey, you guys, shut the hell up back there. Oh, yeah, hey, thanks. Excuse me, Father, we're drunk. So it's, it's you know, Christmas. But after that, I used to have to do all the tree stuff. We'd do it the night before. We'd put up the tree. My old man would go, and we'd go cut some damn tree in some forest. Like, we'd trek, like, six miles in the snow to get his tree. He would always say, so which tree do you kids like? Uh, that one. He goes, okay, I'm getting that one right there. That's the best tree. Stick this on a sled and drag this bitch down about eight miles and then bring it to the house with a stand that never fit in. And one time, dude wired the bottom of the tree. He wired it and then put nails in my mom's wooden floor. Oh. He nailed it into the wooden floor. Oh, my God. She damn, she damn near had a fit. I'm like, dude, you're not you're not doing what I think you're getting ready to do with those nails into our wooden floor. He says, oh, yeah, this hey. tree is going. He said, this bad boy is going up. This is the one that I picked. I said, of course, you pick it every year. But can you get a stand that the tree fits in one of these years and not saw all around it and, 
and have the thing half tilted over. He goes, oh, this won't tilt over. He goes, I got this baby wired up. I'm like, yeah, but you're going to put nails in the wood floor of the house? Yes, that thing was so perfect. It stood up so perfect. And then all the little bristly things fell off in two days. It was like bare in <laughs> two days. It was a piece of junk. That was our tradition. I hated it. Wow. I hated it very, very much. So you guys got the tree the night before Christmas? Yeah, we used to put up the tree the night before Christmas. And when would you take it down? Oh, dude, that thing didn't. Well, it had to come down this week sometime because there was nothing left on it. It was all, all the stuff was on the ground. I've never heard of that. I've never heard oh. of someone waiting until Christmas Eve to put up the tree. That means we all had to be there. That was one of those, you know, Catholics, They the night before, they go, in my town, in little town of Bethlehem, you know, the city of David, you know, used to have to go and, and do all that, you know. My city, Bethlehem, Pennsylvania, is truly the Christmas city, too. I mean, you should see the way that place is decorated this time of the year. It's amazing. Mm. Oh, and... That's why I wanted the nativity scene at my house out here in Dripping Springs, which it's going to happen. But you can't come in the yard because there's so much dog shit from the two big dogs. <laughs> so you'd have to stay on the other side of the fence. One of these Christmases, I'm going to do the nativity scene with a real baby. And no, you can't punt the baby. So somebody's going to have to give up their kid to be the baby. I'm going to have to find a virgin. I don't know how. That's going to be pretty difficult, too. You know what I'm saying? You know some, so... You have to go down 6th Street and pick me up a virgin to play Mary. You know, mm. I'm going to have to find a godly person like Joseph, which, boy, this is going to be a hard nativity scene to find those, all these folks like that. Just going to be rough. And I got to get some camels, some donkeys, and some goat cheese, sheep. Look out for Aggies, so don't invite any Aggies over. <laughs> but everybody can stand. You know how my fence is, BK? The fan people can stand on the other side of the fence. Yeah. Like I said, they can't come over because those dogs, I'm, I'm, I'm afraid of what the dogs would do to the sheep and the poor baby. What are you talking about right now? Having a scene, the little town of Bethlehem. This is one of these times I'm doing a live scene. I don't know what this scene is. Oh, and the little baby Jesus was born when he, yes, on, a, on You're Christmas. You're recreating the birth of baby Jesus? Yes. In yes. Ripping Springs, Texas? Yes. I'm going to do it live. And you're, you one in one night. Hey, one night only. <laughs> Christmas yeah. Eve, obviously. Yeah, you're going to get canceled and probably arrested for kidnapping all of these people and animals to recreate your fantasy or whatever. Dude, I saw right down here on Fitzhu. At one time, I saw some camels, but the three wise men had already come, I think. So I got to get three wise men. Where the hell do I find three wise men in Dripping Springs? You got one right here. I got, oh, I got one. One Jewish. The wise man. Yes, I got one. And I've got to get I've, I've got to get I've got to get two more. It's going to be hard. You can't find a virgin on 6th Street. That's the wrong place to look, by the way. Really? Yeah. I feel like if you're hanging out down there, you're probably looking to lose your virginity. or You're probably already lost it beforehand and you're looking to lose it again. Well, I got to find a virgin. Somebody has to be the Virgin Mary. And I need that baby. And that baby has to be a, really a newborn. So I'm going to have to go to a hospital, borrow somebody's baby for a night. Mm. I'll keep it warm. We'll keep the baby warm. You're going to go kidnap a baby for this. It's got to be the real deal. It's one night only. It's got to be mm. one of those, you know, I'm going to have the big lights here out in front of the house. How about the two dogs? What will those dogs do? Oh, my God. And you're Not saying that I cannot punt the baby? No, then you can't punt the baby. What about a kickoff? Was that a part of the scene? Like someone holds it like on no. a tube? 
hold the baby by the head right on top of his head. Can we get like a full field goal unit out there? Someone no. snaps it, someone holds it, and then I get to kick it? No, dude. This scene is happening. It's happening before my life. I'm, please, huh. let me have one other year for this. Maybe next year I need to set this all up. It's going to take a couple months to get this together. And then we're going to have angels, the whole works, yeah. coming down. You know, we're going to have them all strapped up with angel outfits on. we got to do this the right way. I'm going to need a choreographer. I, I can tell you that right now. That somebody, because I'm going to have some of my Bible parts all screwed up and wrong. So, you know, that's, you know. I feel, I feel like you already have most of this wrong. Oh, really? Yeah. All right. Good morning to the soldiers at Fort Cabasas, Texas, the soldiers in the state of Texas, and all those that fight for us each and every day. Thank you so very much for what you do. Thank you for on Christmas. Thank you any other day of the week. We do appreciate what you do, and we appreciate it each and every day. And do be safe out there in 2024. Oh, what a start to today's show. I don't even know where to go. You're, there. You're, there are going to be listeners to this program this morning that are going to want to take part in a live nativity scene. Somebody's giving up their goat. And she, hell, I got two cows, three cows next door. You say that like people have goats these days. I live Not in Dripping Springs. They got goats. My next door neighbors, by the time next year comes, those goats will be fully grown. So they what's got our, a couple. What's our checklist here? We need goats. We need donkey, whatever a donkey is. We need donkey. You got to have donkey. Well, I got two out here, too. There's two of them out here. Okay, goats, donkeys. I need a camel. A camel. A virgin. A virgin, yes. I really, I, I need three wise men, two now, because you're one of the wise men. Okay, so two wise men, a newborn baby. Somebody's got to play Joseph, so, so somebody has to be an outstanding gentleman. I don't know. Trey? No, you can't be both. You can't be the wise man in the house. How about Trey as, as Joseph? No? The whole scene is gone if Trey's in it. Nobody's going to show up if Trey's a part of it. Nobody. That's it, Wags. Wags will be Joseph. <laughs> Wags is the outstanding gentleman. Yes, Wags can be the outstanding. Got to find that virgin, though. You, that's the hard one. I think that's maybe the hardest one of all. We need. Well, how old does a virgin have to be? Sixteen or above. Okay. And then it stops at thirty. All right. So you'll go to a high school and find one of those. <laughs> oh, yeah. you... Hey, creeper, get out of my high school. <laughs> you like hanging around high schoolers since you okay. call high school football games, so that's normal for you. And then I need a baby that's probably. Less than three days. Okay, so newborn baby. You also three said you, need, you need some angels, too? I Well, no, we can strap them up to the top of my house, the roof there, and, and just bring them down from the top of my house with a harness. They don't have to be real angels. They're hard to come by. So, so like, just three women? You're going to strap three women to the top of your house? Two dudes, one woman. Okay. You're gonna strap three people to the top of your house. Well, we can use one of the one of one of the ladies from our Wednesday show. We we'll put Rocky up there. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right, and that's everything. I know. A, I'm, I'm a priest something. or something? No, priest didn't show up there. I mean, we need an innkeeper. Somebody's gonna have to be the dirty, filthy innkeeper because they couldn't get into the inn. They had to be out in the manger. So I got to do the manger scene. So I got to set up a manger where it looks like a stable and all that stuff. Lots of hay. I need hay. That baby's going to be cold as shit, man. And I'm writing all this down here. Camel, goats, donkeys, hay, virgin, angels, newborn baby. Three Don't forget Joseph. Joseph has to be there. Three wise men, outstanding guy. Yeah, outstanding dude, yeah. 
And is that is that check all of the boxes right there? Yeah. CB says just use the homeless people. They'll volunteer. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I'm going to depend on them to show up, right? I'm going to have to pick them up. Hey, just the give them five bucks. Give them five bucks each. That's True. cheap acting right there. Covert van. We need a covert van because we're going to have to haul their asses over here. <laughs> you think the coverts are sponsoring this shit? Yeah, they would. They would they, they would sponsor the van to bring up bring the homeless because we got to take them right back and dump them off in one spot. When, we're not taking them from wherever their shelters are from place to place. No, they get dumped off at one spot. Oh That's over at the Doug Boat office. <laughs> oh, goodness this is going to be. This is going to be. And the big lights, the spotlights, we can get them from the Moody Center. Somebody loan us some of that stuff, like for a concert. This will be awesome. And we need a choir. BK, we have to have a choir okay. to sing. We can't have just church people trying to sing Hark the Herald Angels Sing or Little Town of Bethlehem. We need a real choir. We need a sophisticated, hey, how about the Austin Symphony Orchestra to play that night? No, that's Why? a little too expensive. How about the Austin Homeless Orchestra? <laughs> what is that going to sound like? Oh, my. This is all, this is setting up to be a beautiful 2024 already. Boy, a lot of skin flutes will be played. Oh, 2024 nativity scene at Bucks in Dripping Springs. Not in the town of Bethlehem, but in Dripping Springs. This is already awesome. Yep. People oh. are going to want to take part of this. L listen, really. We've got but you got to be on the other side of my fence. You can't come on the other inside of the fence. The dogs will go nuts. So we're filming this on Christmas? Yeah, oh, Christmas Eve. I got to okay. say Christmas Eve. All right, so we've got 362 days then to uh, yes. get this all situated for next year. We won't be able to find that virgin. You know that's going to be the hardest one. Or an outstanding man. We can find those. You think so? We got a couple of okay. Outstanding man might be tough, but <laughs> there's there, there, we can find a version somewhere. Okay, cool. I'll ask Josh Giddy who he knows no, no. the high school ranks. This is going to be awesome. So oh if one God. of you guys, if one of the guys on the staff here gives birth, or one of their wives gives birth here in the next year, that baby, hold on, hold on till December. So who, time it up. I guess who, who would that? Zay would be the most likely. Yes. Out of our team to have a child within the next year? Yeah, I think Jesus had a little dark skin, a little bit of a dark, you know, complexion from whence where he was born. Yeah, I mean, that'll work out. Okay. A little mixer. You know what I'm saying? Mixer. Oh, there goes canceled. He's canceled again just before the year's up. Huh? A little mixer? <laughs> yeah, just before just before 24 comes in, Buck gets canceled. Yeah, uh, so what? Better than calling him mixer. a Milano, I guess. I thought you were going Milano no. as your... No, no, no. I got a couple little mixer kids. <laughs> Stunning. All right. Let's get off of that. Maybe never talk about that again. Hey, it's got to get done. Yeah. CB's, yeah, I... gonna, CB's coming to town to help me with that. <laughs> No, I can't be the guy to shut it down because then I feel like I'm being uh, anti-Semitic. So I've got to be. You got to be a part of it. Yes, you find the virgin. All right, I will. She might not. Yeah, I'll find. She may, the she may not be totally. <laughs> I like that. She may not be totally. No, it can't. It, it, it's either or. It's not like mm -hmm. in between. No, maybe she is. Maybe she's not. Hey, guess what, yeah, Buck? Man. We got some more bulletin board material. Oh no! For the Sugar Bowl. Why would they do that game, almost game week now? Why would somebody do that? Well, Couldn't help themselves? Here's what we've had so far as a uh, post-Christmas gift for the people out there. We had this guy on Facebook post this 
AI-generated picture of Tavondre Sweat. That's just mean. Which will always be hilarious. And then he said yeah. T. Sweat is going to sit on Michael Penix Jr. in the Superdome. We had that. What did we talk about last week? What was the other thing we had last week? Um, well, that was a long time ago. Um, uh, okay, it'll hit me. Whatever. But now there's an, a piece of audio that is resurfacing. And I actually went back and found the audio clip myself. Uh, it's really just been a quote that has made the rounds on social media over the last 48 hours or so. It was an interview done before the season started by Washington Athletics Director Troy Dannon. Oh, his, no, Troy, you did not. It's his first year on the job. Now, keep in mind, this happened before the season started. So well yeah. before we had any idea we were going to get Texas and Washington playing in a college football playoff semifinal. But Troy Dannon did an interview on KJR, which is a big sports radio station in Seattle. And how about the name of this radio program, Buck? Softy and Dick. Okay. That's the name of the show. Softy's actually a friend of mine. I'm going to try to get him on our show before the week is over. The sports radio up there, big UW guy would be a great guest to talk to. But Softy okay. and Dick is the name of the show, KJR Radio. And I cut just a little bit. It's kind of a passing comment that Washington's AD makes when talking about, you know, how he's going to build the Washington Athletics Department. Because once again, this is his first year on the job. So this is like a, hey, you just got hired. Welcome to Seattle. Sure. Uh, here's one of your first interviews that you're going to do on the big sports radio station up here. And here's what Troy Dannon had to say, once again, before the year, talking about Texas. If budgets, if budgets won championships, Ohio State and Texas would win everything. And they haven't won much lately. Uh, so this is it's it's more about not forgetting the most important resource we have are the people. So there you go, just like that, as Bucky uh, blows some snot into uh, his microphone. You've you made that. You've turned that into bulletin board material. Oh, the other thing was Washington winning the Joe Moore Award. So not really bulletin board material, but extra motivation for Texas. That's what we talked about last week. Thank you, CB. Finding anything is good, I guess. But I'll play it one more time. If, if budgets. If budgets won championships, Ohio State and Texas would win everything. And they haven't won much lately. That's the, big thing. That's the big thing. Yeah. I mean, if budgets won championships, then Ohio State and Texas would win everything. And they haven't won much lately. Uh, I kind of feel bad for Ohio State getting lumped in with Texas there because Ohio State. I know they haven't won a national championship in like 10 years. They've won but they, a couple Big Ten championships. They, they've, like, they've been very good. They've been way better than Texas has. Uh, Texas is the school that unfortunately hasn't won anything of value since 2009. But you're defending Ohio State while you defend Texas at the same time. Good job. That's good. Yeah, well, I'm, I'm kind of bashing Texas. I'm doing more of defending Ohio State. I, I, I feel bad for them there. But just interesting that like he decided to you know take shots at two schools before the season and one of those schools is the team that his school is playing against in the college football playoff, Buck. Yeah, you just need to go ahead and add that to the list. Might as well. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like, that's another thing for Steve Sarkeesian and this coaching staff to use his motivation, right? They could play that in the locker room. Oh, here's their AD. Here's their AD saying that you guys haven't won shit lately. And all the, all the cool stuff, all the NIL deals that you guys have. Oh, you got a lot nice of money. Facilities, all the nice facilities that we have around here. It doesn't mean jack because you guys haven't won. And you guys can't win. That's what the AD is saying. Because you guys make money, you guys can't win. So 
I don't know. That's just one other thing. It's not as much as I want. I'm still waiting for the. Oh, uh, you waiting for you waiting for a player to say something. And it's gonna happen because this is the week out in New Orleans. Like the teams arrive and players start talking and coaches start talking because well, they have five- all these they have all these competitions against each other when they go to places bowling yep. and you know I don't know rope pulling and all that other kind of crap. That what that's what happens this week. So you're right. Yep. Somebody's going to say something to somebody. Someone's going to say something that's going to be bigger than anything that we've talked about. But we're just gradually, slowly but surely, getting more and more stuff that I think uh, the Longhorns can use as extra fuel. Now, they shouldn't need it playing for a spot in the national championship game. So there's enough on the line. But I've maintained for months now that this team has fed off of hatred. They fed off of trash talk. And they yeah, used Washington's already material. got something. When Ricky Williams on Paul Feinbaum said Texas is back. Washington already has something for their board. You think that's it? Yeah, that's enough. That's enough for them. Okay. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles. We win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Because Washington will say, no, they're not back. We just whipped their ass last year. Where are they back from? They whipped their ass. They won by seven in a game oh, okay. where they, they best won players didn't they, play. They beat, them, they beat them in their bowl game in their state. Mm-hmm. That's I what they're, they don't, they don't need much. And they just need Ricky saying that on the Paul Feinbaum show. That's yeah. enough for them. And they're waiting for a player, too. Like you said, this is the week when they have these little competitions that aren't real serious, that when you say something, it becomes serious in the game. Right. And I yeah, think maybe we, have we seen enough brawls in these stupid bowl games, these meaningless bowl games already? Oh, my goodness. Yeah, there's been a lot of that. A lot of penalties, a lot of ridiculous football being played. Yep. Terrible officiating, just letting games get out of control, players out of control over a week of having fun. You know, they're not taking it like it's fun. Some of these guys are taking these little bowls real serious now. Yeah. Well, for some of these guys, it's the last football game they're ever going to play. That's true. Like, you know, for Texas, a lot of the guys on Texas's roster will be playing on Sunday. So this might be the last ever game in a burnt orange uniform the Longhorns play. For sure. Uh, yeah. But there are some guys on this team who, yeah, after this season is over, their football career is over. So, yeah, even though you get pl- uh, plenty of people opting out of other bowl games, I'm not going to get much of that for the college football playoff. Uh, no, these guys still care about it. So fans can call these games meaningless all they want. For a lot of the guys in the locker room, these games mean a whole hell of a lot. There's no doubt about that. But it yeah, for- that way this last this week, the last couple of days, it seems yeah. that some guys seem to really care. Yeah, maybe yeah, too yeah. much. No, I don't know. I don't know about that. But so you're you're what do you what do you think about these comments, man? Am I making a whole lot out of nothing? Yeah, but you have to have something to make up this week. You need something. You need more, and you want more than what you got so far. So yeah, you'll get you'll get some more I behind the scenes. Will. You may not hear about it, but behind the scenes, like I said, these little friendly competitions don't become friendly. You know, as closer as they get close to the game. Like I said, they do a lot together here. During this week, when they get in town, they've got to go do these little events. They have all these little banquets together. They have all these little goofy competitions, you know, just before, you know, where the offensive linemen out eat the other opposing team's offensive line. They do some silly things, but it's fun for the guys. But certain guys take it the wrong way. You know what I mean? 
Yeah. That's I, uh, you're, you're looking for the guy who takes it the wrong way. Sure. Well, I'm hoping Sark takes it the wrong way and posts that up in the locker room or replays that cut. They, they don't have any of Sark's interviews with the guy before Sark gets on the field at the Alamo Dome last year. They don't have any of that stuff. Oh, where he's being breasticized. Just bitching at the uh, Alamo Bowl worker for <laughs> trying to cop a feel on him before running out of the locker room. Oh, man. Yeah, that's uh, that's good. I don't know. I, I do find these comments pretty ironic, though, from Troy Dannon, because uh, the school that he athletic directs is moving to the Big Ten. Why? For a bigger budget. So he's like, for more, for more money, like, yes. Oh, yeah, Absolutely. these guys have all this money. And it's like, dude, you literally took a job knowing that the school that you are in charge of is going to the Big Ten looking for more money. Huge like, amount of money. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's like, you're, you're also bragging about being poor, which, nice, good one. <laughs> yeah, good job there, Washington. Uh, but yeah, also, literally, like, you are leaving to try to be more like Ohio State. You are leaving your conference to go to Ohio State's conference. You could try to be more like Ohio State and Texas. So, I don't know, man. I hope uh, I hope Texas makes this guy eat his words. Add him to the list of uh, people this team has tried to prove wrong. To me, this You're is another... You're All of these people. Yeah, another stop on the Embrace the Hate Tour. And another stop on the Revenge Tour, right? Like, this is another team. That's true. That's even right. Though, even though it was the Alamo Bowl last year and Texas didn't have Bijan and Rojo and Overshown and the game... It wasn't just the Alamo Bowl. The Alamo Bowl is very important for the Horns. So, don't start, don't start in on that. It's just the Alamo. It wasn't just the Remember the Alamo Bowl. Yeah, well, we can't forget it because we've been in that game 15 times. But uh, come on. Last year, like, guys opted out. It wasn't that important last year. It was the least important game Texas played last year. And it's less important than any game Texas has played this year. For sure, this but year. It is still a part of the revenge tour because it is a team that beat you last year. And you think of all of the other teams that beat Texas last year. Well, Texas was able to get revenge against all of them, right? With Alabama, yes. with TCU, with Texas Tech, with Oklahoma State. Like, they've gotten their revenge. Actually, against- actually with Oklahoma, too, because they didn't get to the championship. Well, they beat Oklahoma last year. I don't they didn't need revenge on Oklahoma. Now they, they'll need revenge on Oklahoma next year. Yes. All the teams that they lost to last year, to this point, they've beaten, right? They lost five yeah. games, four in the regular season. Uh, they're 4-0 against those teams. And the fifth game they lost was obviously the Alamo Bowl. So now they'll get their opportunity at redemption against this Washington team as well. So maybe that's all that this Texas team needs to get them ready. But uh, I just saw that making the rounds over the long holiday weekend. I felt like it was worth playing because people f- uh, dug that thing up from an interview that happened a few months ago. Yeah, that that, that T-Sweat one is enough for me. <laughs> that's just mean. That's mean and not good. That that's just that's nasty. That's not drawing the scale. No, that that's that's crossing the line right there. Mm. He's gonna be pissed. Yeah. I wish that was like a Washington coach or player who posted this. Oh, it would have been even yeah. Oh, there I was saying they'll get under their social medias here this week and drop one or two things. Yeah, I would hope so. They'll be dropping like you should have seen that dude eat. What an mm-hmm. animal. I mean, it's coming. Yep. Michael Penix Jr., of course, the quarterback for Washington, did say he was asked about what he remembers from the Alamo Bowl game last year. And he did say, I don't remember much. I just remember winning. So, oh, not quite, not quite there. 
We're getting there. I'm telling you, we're getting closer and closer. It's going to happen. The closer we get to kickoff, which is uh, now five days away. Dude, I, I did a lot of research on this Washington team over the long weekend, and we're going to have to do a segment before this week is over of you trying to guess how to pronounce some of these Washington player names because you've got Polynesian and Samoan names all over the place, especially on defense. And I might just pull up names on the screen and you try to pronounce it. And oh, see easily. How you do. Easily. I'm a professional. You know, I do this for a living. Yeah. Uh, Lake Travis has a different demographic than Washington, dude. Oh, like Lake Travis and John Smith. <laughs> James, yeah. James Doherty. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, Did I? Baker Mayfield, a little bit easier to pronounce than uh, some of the names we've got on Washington this year, like Zion Tupuola Fatui. Excuse me. Excuse me. <laughs> Remember that guy. That guy is uh, one of their best players on defense, and he comes off the edge and wreaks havoc. And um, yeah. Remember that Excuse one. me, bitch. <laughs> yeah. yeah, excuse me. That's oh. one of the easier ones, by the way. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, they've got, they've got some studs on that UW defense, but also some very, very difficult names to pronounce. That's that's one of those, like, if you're an announcer, I guess this is a college football playoff game. It's one of the biggest games, so you want to be on the call for this. But if you're, uh, if you're talking about, like, just another bowl game, you, you kind of want to avoid Washington so you don't have to learn all of these oh my very, goodness. very difficult names to pronounce all right we'll get back into this uh i've got plenty of numbers and we'll continue our preview of the sugar bowl that's going to be the majority of our programming here on texas sports unfiltered this week it's uh getting y'all set for the big game on monday night but buck we've got a lot of new sponsors yes we do bk on screen right now if you're watching on youtube you see some new logos right here if you're listening on the app you're going to hear us talk about some new companies over the next week and a half because we've got to give a ton of love to all of our travel partners. Now, before you uh, start talking about one of those, I'm going to go ahead and read all of them. I want to give all of them their thank you as we uh, get the week and a half of coverage started here. Shout out to all of our Sugar Bowl travel partners, Altstadt Beer, Covert Bee Cave, Audiovisual Consultations, Goodstock TX, Cover 3, Hoops ATX, Texas Orthopedics, Pest Wranglers, Hay City Store and Ice House, Hummel Realty, Lake Cliff Golf Club, Leaf Landscape Supply, and more clean. I want to thank all of them, and we will thank all of them uh, once again over the next 10 days or so for allowing us to make our way to New Orleans to bring y'all the best Sugar Bowl coverage that you are going to find. Many thanks to uh, all of our great travel partners, Buck. Yeah, I love those folks. I really, really do. I mean, uh, some of the new ones like Cover 3, obviously everybody knows about Cover 3 and the fantastic food and the beverages that you can get at their, their many locations. Of course, Leaf, Landscape, and Supplies, that is my spot. That's where when I when it's time for me to do my gardening, that's the place I've headed for over 25 years now is Leaf, Landscape, and Supplies. They've got one in Monterey Oaks, down by you, of course. Then they've got one up north in Trey and Brad, and I want to thank those folks out there for all the, all the years of me finding a pot that I needed, a certain tree, a certain shrub that I needed, roses. I get my roses there, so... I've been a part of that group for a long, long time, and they want to jump on board, and they'll be a part of what we do. We'll meet those folks when we're in New Orleans, as a matter of fact, and they're going to be a part of us uh, as a as a seasonal uh, sponsor with us. And obviously, during the summer is not their season. That's that's when everything kind of dies out. But 
or when it comes to planting trees, and especially the roses. There are many different types of roses, BK, and plant food. I can't wait till you go over there because you need some indoor plants. They've got those for you too. So thanks to the folks at LEAF, uh, landscape and supplies for sure. That's one, of, that's one of the ones that I love. And, of course, good stock, Perry and the gang now in uh, Round Rock there. Uh, we love those folks. And when they deliver the meats, they deliver the meats. They deliver Nolan Ryan meats the best there is. And they will ship those all to you. And right now, promo code 15. Is it 15? Longhorn 15. Longhorn 15. How about that? Longhorn 15. So if you're having stuff delivered to you, promo code Longhorn 15 and get 15% off. Yep. And that is, that's a big deal. They've got it all. They, they even have some chicken for you. So oh, yeah. They've got it all. They got every meats that you can imagine, pork chops. You know, they've got the ribeye. They've got the tomahawks. They have everything that you need there. I love the food there at Goodstock. Thank you to those folks for sure. And Lake Cliff Golf Course, you know we love that. We oh, love yeah. going out there to those folks because that's a place where BK can't hit a house. Now, they've got many of many of houses out there, but they don't have a lot of tall trees. So BK did not take out any windows there when he played. Well, but there is, play. there, is, there is water. There is water, and I found it. <laughs> yes, you did. You let me play out there long enough, and I will find a house, too. That's true. There That's will be true. a broken window. And we'll be talking about all these sponsors, and thank you to them, and always to Audiovisual Consultations and Covert BK. Thank you so very much for what you guys have done for us this year and getting us off to a really nice 2023 and getting ready for 2024, just around the corner. Amen. Amen. Yeah, we're going to all be staying at an Airbnb right by the French Quarter in downtown New Orleans. There's going to be nine of us staying out there. We are going to have live shows on Sunday and Monday from the Big Easy. Both will be at Manning's. Yes, owned by those Manning's. So we'll have something Sunday afternoon for those of you who are going to be there for New Year's Eve. And then, uh, of course, game day itself. We will be a part of the Texas One Fund Texas tailgate uh, running out of tickets right now. They still have a few left. Nice. Party is the website if you want to be a part of that all-day party. It starts at 10 a.m., and it goes all the way through the game. So even if you aren't going to the game, but you are going to New Orleans for New Year's and just to experience the hoopla of the college football playoff, uh, you can watch the game at Manning's. We will be there both Sunday and Monday bringing our live content. We might do a show or two from the Airbnb as well because we got to let you guys know what's going on inside that those walls. I, I tell you, outside there's all kinds of things that could be going on. So I need uh, I need an official law officer to tell me about carrying my piece across state lines. What is what is what is the maneuver I have to do in order to take something with me from the state of Texas to Louisiana? You just can't do it, can you? Why not? You can't carry a piece that you bought in Texas across state lines. Yeah, you can. Just don't shoot nobody. Yeah. I mean, like, oh, oh no. There's, no, there's no border patrol between Texas and Louisiana. Somebody give me the lowdown on that. One of you, one of you gunsmen or gunswomen out there will let me know about taking, I mean, if I'm licensed with it, can I take it across state lines? I, I know, obviously, well, if they're, if they don't catch you or you don't happen to shoot somebody in the head or the back or the neck or wherever you're going to place that thing, I ask for protection for, for me and my gang, I'll be the enforcer. So I need to know mm. when am I allowed to do and what pieces of paper do I have to take with me to take it across the state line? I'm a little terrified because I'm driving in the same car as you. Oh, it'll be it'll be not loaded in the car, but the bullets won't be far away. I guarantee you that. <laughs> uh, that is a terrifying thought. 
to uh, anybody who tries we're to break in. We're trying to make in. it into 2024, man. We're we're trying to keep everybody safe. So somebody talk to me about that. Yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. Quick shout out, by the way, to uh, the Texas State Bobcats. Yes. They played in and won their first ever bowl game as an FBS program yesterday. You sure I didn't have 5,000 units there? I am sure you did not have 5,000 units there, but Texas State knocked off Rice in the Serve Pro First Responder Bowl presented by Staff DNA. Yes, that's a real thing. 45-21, to 21, the final. Texas State gets the win over Rice, capping off the best season in Bobcat history. Eight wins for G.J. Kinney in year one. Took in 50-plus transfers last offseason. Just completely re- rebuilt the roster. He and, and Dion. Yep, and gave Texas State. Well, Dion only won four. Texas yeah. State doubled them up. Eight wins. They rushed the field at SMU. They played it at Gerald Ford Stadium up there in Dallas. The Texas State fans who made the trek rushed the field. Our guy Jeff Howe, proud Texas State alumnus, was at the game. Rushed the field, probably. I don't know if he did. He filmed the video. You could see it on his Twitter account of everyone else rushing the field, and it didn't look like he made his way down there. But uh, I wouldn't blame him if he did. Uh, congrats to Texas State. I'm sure the square was uh, nuts. Oh, my goodness. Last night, my God! I guess a lot of kids are home for the holidays, but those. How what time did the game end? Two o'clock in the morning. Oh, dude, that game took forever because the refs just had to call everything in that game. So, congrats to Texas State. Yeah. By the way, they called enough penalties in these bowl games that I've seen over the last couple of days. To they, they've got their. Those guys really want to be seen on TV. You know what I'm saying? I got my KU hat on today, baby. Oh yeah, because the Jayhawks. Our guaranteed rate, make sure you emphasize the T, guaranteed rate bowl champions. Very nice. First bowl in for KU since 2008. Uh, Buck, is that a a game that they wanted to brawl into? Well, the final score was 49 to 36. Kansas won despite having 18 penalties for 216 yards. You talk about the refs? Three games worth of penalties. Kansas averaged 43 penalty yards a game during the season. Like, they weren't a heavily penalized team. They got flagged for 216 yards last night. And the ref's microphone wasn't working in the first half. He looked like a mime just giving all these hand signals left and right. They called everything. Kansas overcame three turnovers and 18 penalties, which is easily a bowl game record. Wow. And uh, they won in the guaranteed rate. I couldn't stay up for that. That thing got long. Yeah, that that was more than four hours long because uh, the refs needed to get their post-Christmas screen time, I guess. Uh, That game was fixed, and Kansas still won. That's how good Kansas is at football these days. So, Wow. Congrats to uh, the zero Jayhawks fans listening right now, but I'm congratulating myself. And that game was played at Chase Field, which is where the Rangers won the World Series like two months ago. So that's like my favorite place in the world right now, Buck. It's on fire. On fire. It really is. Six six TD passes? Yeah, Jason Bean had six touchdown passes in his last ever game as a Kansas Jayhawk. Man. Yeah, Kansas over. He had three interceptions, too. Uh, Kansas overcame that and all of the penalties, and they won and covered against UNLV. Last night, even though yeah, the, the officiating is oh. like, I mean, they they're taking a a, a a deal off of what the NFL guys are doing. They're calling silly things like lining up offsides. I mean, I mean, they, I've seen that in about six games so far, BK, where they're calling numerous times 
during the course of a game. Instead of going over and telling the dude like the wide receiver, dude, just back up a little bit. Hey, officials, help us out here. It's yeah. a ball game. Let them just, you know, they haven't played for a month or whatever. Let them just play and get this over with instead of you throwing your flag and want to be seen. Dude, I didn't know offensive offsides existed two months ago. Uh, how about, yeah, how about the last couple of months on that thing? And then you had the Kadarius Tony mishap for the Chiefs in that primetime game. And obviously the Mahomes freak out that took place after. And then since then, it feels like you can't watch a game without an offensive offsides being called. I love it if you do if you do the the the, the push tush or tush push. Now they're calling those guys for be those guys for being offsides. They're trying to any way they can to stop this thing. Now they're calling them for offsides. They it's almost like they want you to line back your head back at the belt buckle of the center. I'm like, come on, they can get close to the line. They're not offsides every time. They've been doing this damn thing for three years now, and now you're trying to find ways to stop it by calling them offensive offsides. Yeah, and now they're penalizing Jason Kelsey, the Eagles center, yes. for moving the football, which every center moves the football up. Like, that's been going on since the beginning of time, and now Jason Kelsey's getting called for doing that on those I know. pushes. They don't move it back, dude. They, they, yeah. they touch it and move it up a little, about an inch. And I yeah. Mean, it's, yeah, this is... Guys are getting out of control. Yeah. The refs in all three bowl games yesterday, Minnesota beat uh, Bowling Green. Congrats to Minnesota for a, a six and seven season, even though they won their bowl game. Hold on. A message from the president. Minnesota! Yeah. Thank you very much, Mr. President. That game had a ton of calls. The Texas State Rice game had a ton of oh. calls. And then the Kansas game. Yeah. I mean, the officials just, they uh, they wanted their screen time yesterday. In college football, but officiating just continues to be a story that we have to talk about way too. Well, hard. you know it's going to happen in these pro. You saw it in these NFL games. They're calling you for offsides. Yep. If your foot's over the line, if you're a wide receiver, and don't even go even with the ball, just be behind the ball. You you can't be even with the ball. You're offsides if you're even with it. Well, you the Cowboys be- the Cowboys got kind of popped by one of those, right? Because CD yeah. Lamb was lined up offsides in the uh, Dolphins game. He looked to the ref. The ref told him to take a step back. And, and then they motion, and then there was motion. Get a step back, you know. The Cowboys had started a guy in motion because that was the play. And the same and dude called the penalty. That was that sucked. That's Officer Jack Wagon crap yeah. right there, yes, dude. That but same dude that said, "Hey, move back." When he moved back, the guy was in motion. He's the same guy that threw the flag right up in the air, right in front of CD. I'm like, that's wrong. Yeah, even when you ask the ref if I'm doing it right, he still throws a penalty on you. Like that's that's where we're at right now in football uh what a mess i just hope in these college football playoff games we're not talking a ton about the officials oh man that'll that will suck if the refs are going to throw 18 penalties in the guaranteed rate bowl nobody who wasn't rooting for kansas or unlv or no one who bet on that game uh cares all that much but if we're talking about that type of stuff happening in the playoff we're gonna have a problem yes yeah we are going to have a problem all right but two things two things that need to change for texas this time around, when they go up against Washington, they need to have at least three sacks on Michael Penix Jr. They need three sacks. He has okay. to be sacked three times in this football game. That's I'm not perfect. saying five, six, seven. I, I need the normal pressure, but I need three sacks where he's on the ground, where he doesn't decide to throw it up for grabs to his guys. Because when he throws it up for grabs, that's scary too. I need him on the ground. I need him protecting the football going down, or or Texas taking the ball away from him. That's one thing for me. 
pressure and sacks, not just pressures, but sacks also. Uh, Texas cannot give up more than one long ball. What? More than one? What is a long ball? Uh, 40 yards or more. Okay, okay. It's like an explosive pass play is anything more than 20 yards. No, no, It'd be I'm amazing about, if they only gave up one of those, no, but that ain't happening with this secondary. No, I'm just saying one 40 yards or more. One one bomb where Michael Penning's throwing them bombs. He can't throw more than one over the top of them or or up for grabs where their guy beats Texas's guy. It just can't happen more than one time because it's going to happen one time. Yeah. So you kind of read my mind, right? Great minds think. I think that's the uh, quote. That people like to use. Or you didn't come up with the nativity scene, so yours is not so great right now. Yeah, I had never heard of the nativity scene before today. So okay. apologies. My uh Sunday school growing up didn't do a good enough job, I guess. We were talking you about we were talking about the first half of the testaments. We never made it to the second one. Okay. Okay. That's, that's on us. Now, two things. So Washington beat Texas last year, 27 to 20 in the Alamo Bowl. And there are two Really bad things that happened to Texas last year that cannot happen again this year. And you were on with the first one. You said Texas needs three sacks against Michael Penix? Yes. You know how many sacks Texas had in the game last year against Michael Penix? Two. Goose egg. Uh-oh. Last year, the Texas defense, which only gave up 27 points, right? Like, not horrible considering the firepower Washington had last year. And even though their offense is better this year, their offense was still really, really good. We're talking about a UW team that won 11 games under Kalen DeBoer in 2022. Texas had zero sacks, zero tackles for loss, and zero takeaways in the Alamo Bowl. It's kind of a miracle that they only lost by seven with zero splash plays on defense. So all of those have to change. They need at least one sack. Obviously, a sack counts as a TFL, too. So if they get a sack, they'll get a TFL. But they need—they sure as hell need at least one TFL. Hopefully, yes. they get a couple in the run game, too, because Texas has been feasting on TFLs as a defense this year. And they, they need a takeaway. Like, Penix doesn't turn the ball over often at all. So it's not going to be easy to get one. But you really feel like in a game that could turn into a shootout, you're going to need one of those possession-changing plays as a defense. So Yeah, and that's that possession-changing play can be – it, it it doesn't have to be a miracle. It can be it can be ball gets tipped. It's up in the air. It's up for grabs. Linebacker grabs it. We need one of those when he does throw that sidearm angle. Some of those things we need some fortunate things to happen, like those balls get misdirected. Those sidearm. He throws the ball sidearm a lot, BK. So not everything for Michael Penix comes over the top. He's not this perfect stylish passer. He can get the ball out on a lot of different angles, and he will, and he'll t- attempt to do it. So we need some. We need some balls that are tipped by guys. Hands have to be up. Tip ball, you know, off, off defensive lineman gets it in his belly. You know, those kind of things need to happen in this game. You need turnovers against this group. Yep. You know, when he throws, he can't have clean pockets to throw and hit his guys. There's got to be some tip balls going on in there. And Texas is pretty good at that. You know, Sweat, even Sweat has a few tip balls this season. But, you, but you've got you've to reverse some of the fortunes of, tip balls those can't just go tipped and hit the ground somebody's got to pick those yep that'd be nice Once I'm, again, looking for, I'm looking for two turnovers from him alone whether it's a pass interception or a tip ball interception no, or if, a sack texas fumble. Gets, if texas gets two takeaways in this game they're going to win yes it, it's going to be tough i think michael Penix threw what six interceptions this year like yeah. he, he doesn't give the ball up that's in 13 games mind you so that dude's been around a pretty clean pocket they've got the best offensive line in football 
They do. Yeah, they won the uh, Joe Moore Award last week, and that's uh, obviously a huge matchup, the Washington O-line against the Texas D-line. So that's number one, right? Like, that, that's that got to change. Yes. It doesn't take a genius to tell you that. Texas needs at least a sack. They need at least a TFL, and they probably need at least a turnover to feel good about their chances of getting their revenge against Washington. The other thing that killed Texas in the Alamo Bowl last year that's got to change in the Sugar Bowl this year Third down defense. Last year, yes, they could get off the field. Washington was eleven for twenty on third down, and then they were two of three on fourth down. So those money downs they converted at higher than fifty percent. No, that can't happen. And Washington had a bunch of double-digit play drives, and those just kill a defense. Right? Texas forced a turnover on downs on one of those drives. But still, if, if you're keeping your offense on the sideline for that long and you're letting their offense stay on the field for that long, that's a recipe for disaster. So the good news for Texas, Buck, the Longhorns have the number two third down defense in the country. Uh, they're only giving up third downs at a 26.5% clip this year, which is way yeah, better. Yeah, they really can't give up those third and, and, and 12s, third and, you know, Third, third and eights, third and nines. You know, you're going to give up some of those third and ones. I got that part of it. But you can't be giving up third and longs for sure. Yeah. Third and longs really suck. They do. And Texas was giving up a lot of those last year. But let's be like third and shorts are, are just as bad, right? Because they still keep your defense oh, drives going. Yeah. on the field. So, yeah, Texas, they've got to do a better job of getting off the field. Believe it or not, like this secondary statistically was better last year than it is this year. But Texas, I did a, Texas did a good job. Yeah, no, that, that's believable. The believe it or not part is Texas did a good job of not giving up the big play last year. Yes. Like Michael Penix Jr., that's why Washington had so many double-digit play drives, right? They couldn't get that big play over the top. They were just nickel and diming Texas to death in the Alamo Dome last year. Texas actually did a pretty good job of preventing those explosive plays. The problem was they just couldn't get off the field on third down. That needs to change this year for Texas to move on which means they got to do well on first down. Yep. And Texas does well on first down because they don't give up much running. You know, when teams try to run on them first, they don't give up many yards on first down runs. So they're going to have to continue that because once again, it's Washington. They will try to run the ball. They'll try to prove that this is what we do in the Pac-12. This is what we do against other teams with this offensive line. We're going to run the football. We're not going to put it all on our quarterback. We think we have a thousand-yard rusher. We know we have a thousand-yard rusher that can run against this defense. They're going to think they can go there and then go play action. So they're going to try to run for a while, mm-hmm. but they won't stay all day doing it. No, they no, got the ultimate silly. weapon at quarterback and wide receivers. Yeah. It'd be silly for Washington to oh, try yeah. to repeatedly run the ball against this Texas defense. Now, and I think it vice versa for Texas. They're going to run. They need to be running at this group now, not I, all day, but whatever they did, whatever they did in the bowl game, I mean, for the championship game, that was outstanding. Nobody was expecting running backs coming out of the backfield to, to catch balls. But now they have that. Washington's really got to pay attention to that with their linebackers now, too. Yep. I mean, the strength of Washington's rush defense, or excuse me, the strength of Washington's defense, if they have a strength, is their run defense. Yes. Uh, their run defense ranks 38th in the country. Uh, their pass defense ranks 120th in the country in terms Hello. of yards allowed. So if you're Texas, yes, of course, you want to establish the ground game. That's been the identity of this offense for most of this season. And even without Jonathan Brooks, 
this run game has had a lot of success. Yes, it and has. C.J. Baxter went for 100 yards in a game. Jaden Blue went for 100 yards in a game. So you haven't seen a tremendous drop-off in production from this run game, even though a guy who was in the mix for the Doak Walker Award tore his ACL about a month ago. Uh, but their pass defense is worse. So if you're Texas, you can't just bang your head against the wall trying no. to run the football. If Washington is doing a good job stopping it, then, okay, hey, everyone's talking about Washington's receivers, and they should. They're awesome. But you know who else has awesome receivers? Texas. You know who else has an awesome quarterback? Texas. Like, Quinn Ewers is so much better now than he was at this time last year. And oh, yeah, or- he ain't playing with a broken hand. I don't think you have to worry about drops with him. And you've got A.D. Mitchell in this game. You obviously didn't have him last year. Jordan Whittington's Jordan come Whittington, on. Whittington's still who he is. And Jatavion Sanders is still the weapon that he is. Like, you know, run the ball. Of course, you want to be multidimensional as an offense. You want to be able to do both at a high level. But man, if you're Texas, Washington secondary is not that good. And this Longhorn passing attack has been really good yes. in the last two games. So, I, well, you know. they better be, those linebackers better be ready to cover these backs out of the backfield because yeah. Sark has found something in these guys that he's really happy with the way they run routes and the way they catch the ball. So, they better be in tune to not just think, oh, they're going to turn around and hand it off, off tackle, or they're going to run this counter play. No, they're going to counter boot. They're going to throw it to the backs out of the backfield. They're going to run screens. So they've got a lot. Washington, this Washington team's got a lot to handle themselves on defense. They do, they do. And Washington's linebackers actually grade really well in coverage, but Oklahoma State's linebackers also graded really well in coverage. And like you said, I mean, the screen game was a huge part of Texas's offensive game plan in that Big Twelve championship. So clearly, Sark saw something on film that he wanted to exploit with those guys. And you know, he's been studying Washington for damn near a month now. Uh, yeah, I'm sure he's found a couple of things that he wants to go after on this porous Washington defense. They're not here because of their defense, right? No. Like their offense is amazing. Everybody knows about it. Michael Penix Jr., Heisman runner up, Dylan Johnson, thousand yard rusher, they had two thousand yard receivers, and then Jalen McMillan, their third receiver, had a thousand yards last year, and he only had bad numbers this year because he missed most of the season with an injury. So they're all yeah, that group's are gonna try their best to get their one on ones versus this secondary or versus some of these safeties. Yeah. Uh, that's that's a mismatch for Texas right there, a total mismatch. So, that, I mean, their coach is a smart guy. He's been working on how do we get this, how do we motion, how do we make sure that this safety is on that particular player for them. Those battles, boy, you better have pressure on. You're going to get force Michael Penix to get rid of that ball, and you're going to have to bring pressure from just your, your, your defensive fronts have been great doing that all year long. But you may have to bring linebacker pressure now. Yeah, you have to. There's yes. no may. There, you have to bring pressure. Like Texas is going to win sometimes just rushing four. But if that's your plan for the game, to sit no. back and drop seven in coverage on every single play no, to try to cover these Washington. No, you're no. screwed. You've got no Like we've learned that. That's not just going against Washington. That's this Texas defense. That's who they are. They've got to be aggressive at all times. So. Uh, yeah, no, they're going to have to bring extra blitzers, which is a little bit of a scary thought because it does mean, yeah, your corners and safeties are going to be one-on-one against these stud receivers a lot on Monday. Uh, but that's Texas has a better chance of being successful doing that than they do playing the prevent-style oh, no. defense. No, they can't sit them. back. Sit back, they'll get killed. Yeah, 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 yeah. So it's going to turn into a shootout, man. I think a lot of people expect it to turn into a little bit of a shootout, even though last year's game only hit 47 total points. Uh, these offenses are a hell of a lot better in both of these defense 
uh, defenses have some issues, especially in yeah. the secondary. So we could see some points. But once again, yeah, Texas, they need sacks. They need TFLs. They need takeaways. And they've got to do a better job defensively of getting off the field on third down. Uh, those are the keys for the Texas defense to find a win in this Sugar Bowl. Yeah, I think Texas will do okay in the special teams because I think I'm not saying they're they're not taking one back to the house in a pump, but they're getting one that's close. Okay, it's going to change field position. It's going to Sorry, not I was going. You were going to call a touchdown because you've been money with those calls this it's year. It's not going all the way, but it's going it's going to change the outcome of field position. It's going to help Texas an awful lot. It, it's not going to the house, but it's going to be 20 or more. You know, 25 yard, 30 yard punt return that puts you in great field position. Where Xavier Worthy gets tripped up by somebody, his own guy or his own feet or something. Mm-hmm. But I don't think he's taking one to the house in this game. Does Texas score a touchdown on that drive? Yeah, they do. It's okay. it's 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 a it's a big important uh, punt return that changes changes a lot that'll happen in this game because we know what happens when it comes to field goal kicking. Right. That's right. That's Money. Why I, that's why I asked that question. Is like, oh, is Texas going to turn that great field position into a touchdown, no. or is it going to be yeah. sideshow Burt kicking another field goal? No, it's not Burt. It's this this one's. This one's for money. Okay. That, that one that doesn't go to the house ends up being in the house. Yeah. God, the red zone offense, right? Like, can Texas figure that out too? Not to take you off from the special teams point because uh, special teams is going to play a huge role in a game like this. But I think that's where the running backs come into play out of the backfield. Huh. That's when, you know, I know it, it. people will say, well, you know, there's not as much ground to cover over there. But Texas has these guys right now that are one-on-one with linebackers, now they're. I, I got a feeling that you're going to see more safeties on the field in certain certain down and distances with Texas. That the linebackers aren't going to be covering running backs. You're going to see another safety, nickel or dime guy, having to cover a back out of the backfield. They don't want that to happen. It's the last couple of games. The two teams, you know, uh, Texas Tech and Oklahoma State, in those games thought we can cover those guys with linebackers, and they couldn't. Mm. They didn't. They they just didn't. They didn't bring enough safeties on the field. You're going to see some of these running back. I mean, that that hurts you in the run game, but it, it'll, it'll help them out in the pass game for sure because uh, – and Texas has run the ball well enough. Like you said, they're, they're still, even without their star runner, has run the ball well enough. And if you run the ball against those safeties, at times I feel better when there's a safety in there that can can take a guy down. Can, can You know, some guys make a miss, but I, I don't like – I don't like – I don't think there's been a lot of time with the linebackers in pass situations on third downs. With the running backs coming out of the backfield, I think they bring in safeties instead to cover those guys. Yeah, that's an interesting thought, right? I mean, nickel is base for this Texas defense. Sure. It's base for most defenses in today's football. Uh, but do they add a dime package, right? Do they kind of add that wrinkle to where they bring in a sixth defensive back and maybe only have one linebacker on the field? Like in obvious passing situations, okay. But I wonder if we see more of that from Texas uh, just in first and second down versus just third and longs in an effort to try to slow down this Washington pass attack. Like maybe PK feels so good about his defensive front being yeah. able to stymie Dylan Johnson in that UW run game where he's like, all right, yeah, no, we, we only need one linebacker on the field. Let's just get more speed. I think both teams secondary. have a problem with that. They'll, both teams will have a problem with that, the way both teams are playing. And Texas is playing really well with their backs out of the backfield too. So yeah. Washington's used to it. Texas has seemingly just kind of found it. Uh, but believe me, Sark is going to be happy with what he did at the Oklahoma State game for a championship where they couldn't cover. They're going to find out if these guys can cover, and if they can't, they're going to hit backs out of the backfield again, too. They're going to sit them up, and it's not just those 
you know, it's not just those one-on-one kind of deals where you ask them to run option routes. It's a plan. Go sit right there in that spot right there with this motion. Don't move from it. If you're open, Quinn yours is going to throw you the ball. So yep. I, I think you're going to see a lot of that. Here's a comment from Daryl G. I'm not going to fact check this because I trust our man, Daryl G. Look at this balance. Washington, 484 passing attempts to just 360 rushes. Meanwhile, Texas, 432 passes, 494 rushes. So, yeah, yeah look, it's it's impressive that Washington was able to have a 1,000-yard rusher this year because uh, their offense is pass heavy. And why would it not be considering the quarterback and the receivers that they have? But, no, Washington this year has done a pretty good job running the football. Dylan Johnson, over 1,000 yards. Joe Moore award-winning offensive line. They've had a good run game. It's just Texas has seen better running backs, and they've seen better run games than what Washington has. I mean, Washington We'll just find has, out if they've seen better offensive lines. That's what yeah, we're well, going to find out. Washington has the 98th-ranked rushing offense in college football. Like, the Big 12 has five of the top 15 running backs in the nation, and Texas saw four of them, right? The other kid, Harvey, at UCF, uh, Texas didn't see. But, like, Ollie Gordon's better than Dylan Johnson. Taj Brooks is better than Dylan Johnson. Yeah, but that offensive line is Texas Tech ain't worth a shit. No, 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 no. But those guys still had more yards. Like yeah. Those guys had better stats despite, like, having worse offensive lines than what Dylan Johnson had. So right. you're right. Like, th- this is the best O-line Texas has to play. Uh, the Joe Moore Award told you that. Uh, but it's not like Texas hasn't played any good O-lines. They played Alabama and Oklahoma. Those two teams always have elite offensive sure. lines. So. Like Texas did fine. I know they lost the Oklahoma game, but like they, that, the game was close. It's not like it was a blowout, and Texas had no chance and couldn't do anything right up front. Like Texas has seen uh, good O lines, but they've seen better running backs than than what they have. There's no doubt has. about that. So obviously, look, it, it, if Texas's run defense somehow disappears, that would suck because then the Longhorns are probably losing. But I'm not betting on that happening because this run defense has showed up and showed out. Every single week of the season, it feels like. Well, this is the time of the year where are you committed or aren't you committed? You've gone home. You've been away from this game for a month. You know, you've been practicing here and there, but it's all about the commitment now. And it's the commitment to the physicality of a championship game. I mean, back-to-back championship kind of games. Now, you've been in championship games since you lost Oklahoma. Every week's been a championship game. But it's a little different commitment when you after you've kind of gone home for the holidays and you start back into it. You've played a lot of football games. It's been a long season and you've got two more to get to where you want to get. What is your commitment like? That's that's what a lot of that's what a lot of players and that's what a lot of coaches are going to start asking that question once you start back to practicing. And you'll know the coaches will know what the commitment's like on the field. The physicality of the game. Oh no, we're not quite as physical as we were, you know, four weeks ago. Even though we may be healthier, I see the way these guys tackle. You know, mom's food was really, really good at the house. They've been they've been away from it a little bit. It's about commitment. It, it's it's a good, I mean, some bowl games, you're not really all that committed. You're just trying to have a good time for a week in the city. You love it, you'll go play the game, but your commitment's not quite there. This is a true commitment now for two games. We're not worried about commitment, right? For this? I'm always worried about commitment and football really? players. Yes. Okay. Like, yeah, you're the coach. I'm, I'm trusting you on this. I'm just thinking, yeah. dude, it's it's a college football playoff. If it's the Alamo Bowl or the Texas Bowl, then, yeah, I'm worried about commitment. But I also don't care too much. Like, I, I, I don't think I'm worried about commitment for this. If Texas loses, I don't I don't think it's going to be because guys aren't committed. I just think Washington was better. Was more committed. Like they want it more? I mean, they'll be, I mean you'll, it's just the way that, that deal goes this time. It's... Like I said, it's been a long season. You get away from it a little bit. 
you come back and all of a sudden you've got this commitment that you have to be totally committed to. When you go to hit a guy, you have to be committed like you were in the beginning of the season. Now the season has already gone through. You've won a championship. How is your commitment to it from this point on? Again, all over again. Man, that'd be a disaster if we're sitting here Tuesday morning talking about a lot of teams have a lot of teams have lost championship games and lost national championship games because the other team was just a little bit more committed to the physicality of the game yeah that's coach speak right there there you go no i don't buy that i'm not worried about commitment for texas but hey if the longhorns lose i might be giving you credit on tuesday no i don't want i want credit for them to be committed and yeah. you'll be able to tell, and you'll be able to tell the commitment when the hitting starts. Yeah. When the popping starts, if that popping is kind of depleted away in the fourth quarter, where it's like, you know, it's not not quite as hard as it was in the beginning of the third quarter coming out of halftime, you'll know who's committed. You'll know sure. individual players who are committed. Yeah. The guys in that locker room will know and hopefully absolutely. they're holding, they're holding yeah, each absolutely. other accountable, right? If someone came yeah. back after the holiday or someone came back after the little break between the right. Big 12 championship and the start of bowl practice. Hopefully the other guys are like, dude, you know, what, what are you doing here? Like you're well, it's, like now. I said, when you ask physicality of people ask about their bodies and you're taking some time away from the physicality, then you come back and you truly in this is for a championship or a national championship. That commitment has to be there. You got to be willing to throw your body in there. Yeah. willing to throw their face all up in there. You know, some guys aren't. Yeah. And some guys want to, but some guys, some guys say they are BK, but when it comes to the popping and the hitting, it's not quite the same. Sorry about that, ladies. Some guys aren't willing to actually throw their face in there. Yeah, I mean, you got to be committed to it. You know what I'm mm-hmm. saying? Yeah, yeah, you do. You got to be. I committed. throw my face up in there. I'm committed to it. Yeah, mm-hmm. baby. No, you're That's always doing saying. that, huh? You're always, There's always throwing. that commitment. Yeah, you're I'm not just lollygagging all up in there. I'm going. Mm-hmm. I'm committed. Yeah, stick that face in there and go to work. That's right. That's right. Yeah, I'll be committed. I believe that was uh, FDR who uh, once said that back. Thank in the you very day. much for Ben Franklin. I think too. Oh, oh, we go back to Ben Frank for that, huh? I have to go way back. Yeah. Oh, well, yeah. That's uh, when you were a kid. I think when Ben Franklin was <laughs> yes. doing what he was doing. All right. Uh, let's give some love to some of our great sponsors here, Buck. How about a word for our friends at? Covert BK. Love those folks at Covert BK. And the cars and trucks just keep on coming out there on the 42 acres that they have. They've been doing it since 1909. And the Covert family selling cars, trucks, and SUVs. Covert Ford and Chevy and Hutto, of course, and Covert Lincoln and Ford in Austin. But out in BK's, 42 acres of unbelievable beauty. And they've got this. They've got Buicks. They've got GMCs, Cadillacs, Chrysler, Dodge, Jeep, and Ram, of course. And for more information, go to covertbcave.com. Find about the sales and new sales that are coming up in 2024, just around the corner. They'll have they'll have their own brand of Jeep coming. Their signature Jeep brand is coming up very, very shortly. The Covert BKs. Be a part of that. Start ordering now. And you can do that if you call up Dan Covert. I mean, if you give out, we can give out his telephone number. He said to text him, BK. He said, yeah. give out his number, but to text him if you're interested. And one of these new Jeeps, one of these specialized Jeeps from Coverts, and he'll sell it himself to you. 512. Okay. 993-7628. That's his telephone number. That is Dan Covert's number. Give it again. Just so you see it. 
7628. There it is. He's giving it to you. Text him and let him know that you're ready to buy one of those specialized Jeeps out there, trucks or SUVs. Buy one of those caddies, one of those 2024 caddies. Yes, indeed. Okay. Say hello to Mike and Stacy while you're out there, folks. And nobody beats a covert deal. Not in 23 or 24. Nobody beats them now or ever. Nobody's going to beat them. It's just no not going to happen in 24 either. So no, no chance. Them. Yeah. And uh, yeah, please don't send Dan any of these memes. Okay. <laughs> I don't even send him that tea sweat meme. That's just, that's, this is brutal. Have you seen this before? That right there? Yeah. No, Happy New Year. No, I have not. Oh, my God. you got to be the last person on earth who has not seen this meme. Now, there's not always a hot dog there, mind you. Oh, I know. Is there a sausage there all the time, though? Oh, dude, a giant one. <laughs> oh, my God. I mean, that's why okay. this became a meme right there. Yeah, don't send this to Dan Covert. If you do, <laughs> don't tell him I told you to do that. Please. Oh my God. And he might regret us giving out his phone number right there. That's a beauty. Uh, I don't think that was Bucky from his Boston College days. <laughs> no. Oh, man. Shout out to Covert. Muscles. By the way, we'll be driving there with the Covert car on yes, Saturday. Indeed. Driving down I-10. So uh, if you see us, we'll, we'll let y'all know what car we have so you can wave us down. We'll be hanging out of the windows <laughs> like a bunch of little kids. Bucky's going to have like a Gatorade bottle filled of piss. He's going <laughs> to throw it out the window, but Trey in the back seat's going to have his window open, so the pee's going to go in the car and hit Trey. I'll be holding that shotgun. I truly will be riding shotgun. There you go. I think it's going to be you, me, Trey, and Zay, and honestly, one of my boys might be coming along for the road trip, too. Yeah, you know me. Old man has to take some stops, so... Oh, no. Are we there yet? It'll be a lot of that. Are we there yet? Are we there yet? Are we, we won't be yet? because of you. What, are you going to stop every 30 minutes? No, we are getting you a Gatorade bottle. Then. Come on, man. Get you a catheter. You're at that age. That dude right there needed more than a Gatorade bottle. Yeah, that guy needed a, <laughs> one of those two-liter Coke bottles, I think. <laughs> needed a tub. For what he was packing there. My <laughs> goodness. All right, let's let you hear from our man Tom McKay and AV Consultations. Hi, this is Tom McKay, owner of Audiovisual Consultations, and all of us at Audiovisual would like to wish you and your family a happy holiday season. This time of year can get a little hectic, so we want to remind you to relax, enjoy the season with your family and friends, and give us a call for all your home entertainment needs. If you save the time you spend in traffic and big store crowds, you'd have more time with the people you actually enjoy. So smile, hug your kids, make love to your wife, and cheer the game with your friends. Call us at 255-8678. That's 512 to 255-8678 or online at avconsultations.com. Thank you very much, Tom. Appreciate that. Yes, indeed. And a shout out to one of our new travel partners, Hoops ATX. Very nice. Practice, practice like the pros with our friends at Hoops ATX. What is Hoops ATX? Well, they install professional grade in-ground basketball goals. So if you've got a young hooper and you want to get a basketball hoop installed at your house, you got to reach out to our guy, Mike Gonzalez, at Hoops ATX. They are the best in the business. Nearly two decades of experience. They can hook you up. And they'll recommend exactly what you need. They can give you that fixed goal. They can give you that adjustable goal. So if you want to work on your dunking. Yeah, there you go. Out. I need that six-footer. Or they no, maybe get... seven-footer. I can get up there and slam it with seven-footer. Oh, yeah. 
If you're building a whole court, they got you. If you're just uh, putting something in your driveway, they got you. If school playground, HOA, corporate fitness center, whatever. If you're looking for the perfect gift for the hoopers in your life, reach out to our guy Mike at hoopsatx.com. Once again, hoopsatx.com. Yeah, big shout out to our friends at, uh, of course, uh, our hamburger place. You know, we love our burgers, and you know Hat Creek Burgers is the spot for you. It's not just about burgers there for you. It's about milkshakes. It's about the fries. It's about everything at Hat Creek. So I'm excited about, of course, uh, the gang over at Hat Creek becoming a, a travel partner with us. They've been a sponsor of our pregame show and during our our, our, our games, but now they want to be a, a sponsor of our traveling too. So we appreciate all these travel partners, but Hat Creek, love myself a Hat Creek. Let me do that for lunch today. Mm. Playing a little golf today. Let me go get myself a little burger before I go play golf. There you go. By the way, I've been eating good. I've been eating really, really well here over the holidays. My wife made some lasagna, and I've been tearing that apart, man. But I've been tearing up her cookies too. I'm sorry about that. I've oh, whoa, this is a kid show. Oh, I'm. I mean, not her. Not. I mean, the cookies that she bakes in her in her oven at the house, not her own private oven, but the oven at her house. Yes, I've been tearing that up, man. It's special. Mm. Really is. Coffee, milk. I've been eating pretty good. I've been doing some good stuff. Getting some exercise in, too, you know? Yeah, I've been eating your wife's cookies, too. So yeah, I, I mean, they're a little different. They're like little praline cookies. That's what yeah. I call them. It's not a very of, happy. A lot, of not, butter, a lot of butter down there. Is there some butter? Yeah. Sugar and butter, right? Oh, they're fantastic. Yeah, man. I'm still... Oh. I'm, I am... I, I can't help myself. If I get coffee, I've got to have a couple of her cookies with them. Oh, Just, dude. I'm I'm such a piece of shit. Like I need to apologize to your wife for this admission. Right. I've been taking credit for her cookies. Get no, you have you have not been telling people you're baking cookies. Of course I have. Wow, yeah, I've been bringing them to friends and bringing them to girls. And who made these? I made them. Well, who the hell you think made them? I made them, of course. Yes. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's worse than me opening up the gifts before Christmas. See, I, I'm telling you. When I got my first Johnny Unitas helmet at my house, I couldn't open that up the night before. My old man would have punched me in the back of the head. I've never sure. heard of that. Like maybe Christmas Eve, but you can't. Yeah, no, you were, you were opening them like on the twenty second and the twenty third. Yeah, Friday, I I went to Joe Cohen. I said, "Honey, you got to, you know, I got you some stuff. I got her a beautiful bracelet. Thank you to the Cohen family. A mm-hmm. beautiful uh pickleball or tennis bracelet or whatever with diamonds and stuff." I had to go and I had to get that open. I had to get that before. I didn't want some I didn't want some thief to come in the house, you know, during the night and steal the presents. I didn't want the Grinch to come. So I said, hey, listen, before the Grinch gets into this house and I miss him, you know, I'm shooting and he's got out of the house with all my gifts. You got to open this up. She Mm -hmm. loved it. Good. She is excited about wearing that. I don't know, maybe for a boyfriend or something, but she's excited about it. So it is it was great. And then I went back down to coins again. There you go. I got I got a I got a, a nice uh, necklace to go with it. it. Is I'm on the money. I'm golden at the house. It's just that on Christmas Day, you know, I got up and I went, "Hey, what, what happened here? There's no presents under the tree." She goes, "You made us open up all the presents before Christmas, fool." <laughs> oh man. Well, Santa, I didn't think Santa showed up until Christmas. I don't know how that works. No, this this dude got there on Friday. Hmm. Got his stuff in my hand, and you know me. Friday night, after watch, watching all these horrible bowl games, I said, "Hey, let's just open up one." 
and then it became Saturday, and then it became Sunday, and then on Monday, woke up for Christmas, and there ain't shit under the tree. I'm like, what kind of Christmas is this? Mm. Well, you know? And the least surprising development ever, that fat piece of shit Santa Claus skipped my house again. Again? 30 years in a row with nothing. Well, you're going to have to be a little bit better during the course of the years. There, I mean, there's certain things about Santa that you have to do the right way. And, I mean, that whole Cole thing and all that stuff, and I'm not talking about Bob Cole. I'm talking about Cole in your stockings. I mean, you really, you really have to – you got to behave yourself during the course of the year. And you can't go on one week, off a week, on a week, off two weeks. You got to be consistent with your behavior. So I would need you to work on that 2024. Your behavior may have to change in order for Santa to show up at your doorstep. He shows up at mine. I got some cool stuff. I got golf balls. That's really important for me. You need those. I got to have them. Everybody always says, so what would you like? I'm like, damn, I don't need Christmas to get what I want. I get what I want during the year. Your Christmas is for golf shit. Shirts, <laughs> gloves, and balls. You're, you're telling me that I got to stop taking credit for cookies that other people bake? Yeah, you can't do that. That's that's no, that's not going to work. That gets me on the naughty list. Yeah, it'll get you on the good list if you find that virgin for the, our nativity scene in 2024. She, she might not be a virgin after I'm done with <laughs> See, that's the problem. The other thing is, who's going to clean the front yard where these dogs now used to do their business in the back, but these two monsters... It's like the camels live in the front of the yard. Oh. So isn't there, a, isn't there a company that comes and cleans up dog crap? Isn't there a poopy goo? You know, there's actually a company that comes to your yard and cleans the dog shit out. That's yeah. how lazy we've gotten now. Yeah, I mean, there are companies that will come walk your dog, and there are also companies that will pick up your dog's crap, too. Yeah. How lazy are we? We always, we're walking around with bags in our hands when we walk our dogs now. Dog poop gloves and stuff like that. Well, yeah, you're supposed to walk around with bags. What are you, raw dog it? You bare hand your dog's crap? Why we clean up? It's a dog. Oh, you're leaving it there. Part of life is to make sure you're not to maneuver dog shit on the sidewalk. Who didn't do that? Who didn't step in a pile of dog shit as a kid? <laughs> except, for if I, except for now, if I step in it now, the shoe yeah. is gone. I get rid of the, the pair. I don't play like when I was a kid, you know, if, if you stepped in some dog shit in the neighborhood... You'd have to go get the hose, get the spray, spray that off, let it dry out, start all over, spray it, it again. It was the worst. We're trying to prevent that from happening. Like that, it's everyone's dealt kid, with that before. A kid growing up, stepping in dog shit. I'm sure every kid has stepped in dog crap at some point, but you you don't want to be doing it every day. Like that's what will happen if we stop picking up after our dogs, dude. All right. Come on, that's your New Year's resolution is to try to convince people to not pick up after their dogs. No, I I'll do yeah, it. I, my dog don't. Soon. My dog don't give. My dogs don't do that. They do it in the yard, in the front yard. That's why I need pooper people, or whoever they're called. So you've got years worth of dog crap just sitting in your front yard. No one's ever no, picked it up. No, I've been. I was out there last week with there a shovel. Yeah. That wasn't that wasn't fun because I thought the camels had moved into my house already. And you're Those serving two. a lot of you're serving a lot of baked potatoes with the. No, those dogs are out of this world now. We used to have a designated spot because, you know, they'd go to that designated spot. They got it. Then they'd start getting lazy and start getting cold. Now the designated spot is the nice yard. I'm like, come on, guys. I'm screaming. I'm out there with a shovel full of shit. People are looking at me, and I'm pissed. I'm yelling at the dogs like, hey, don't shit here like they're people, like they understand. Yeah. No, I chase it around. Smell this. You want to smell this here, dogs? 
I chase them around with it now. Dude, you're lucky if your dog's just crap in the same spot every time because then you know where to look. The worst is when they use the entire yard, and then it's like, oh, God, you got to walk around for 30 minutes looking for it. No, they, they're they pretty good. I caught, I caught a couple strays in the backyard path, which, hey, I walk that path when I'm out there chasing them at night. Mm. That won't be fun to step in my bare foot. I'll tell you that right now. <laughs> I'll have to cut my foot off. Uh. I can do it with shoes. Oh, no. As an older person now, if I stepped in it outside, I throw the whole shoe away. I don't even go. I just take a bag, stick it in a bag, throw it in a can, and go buy another pair of shoes. Seriously. Yeah, I, that's hey, that's just the price I have to pay for stepping in it now. What if it's I, like a brand? What if it's a brand new pair of shoes? It doesn't matter. They're wow. gone. I don't go through the whole washing process. I'm not a kid. You know, I'm not one of eight kids anymore, like I used to be, where that shoe was going to last for like five years, yeah. no matter if your size kept going up or what. I mean, that shoe had to last. That same Converse that I played basketball in and played street basketball and wore to the dances, that thing had to last. That was a that was a life. The Converse was a lifetime shoe. Oh, you yeah. stepped in dog shit. You had to. You just went about it. But now, as an adult, now, no, no, no. My Skechers. If I hit a pile of shit in Skechers, they're going right in the can. I'm not washing that off. Well, you shouldn't have the Skechers anyways. They should have gone in the can before you even stepped in the <laughs> pile of shit. Get some better shoes, guy. No, Skechers are good stuff now, man. Slide your foot right in. I guess at your age, Skechers are acceptable. At my age, not so much. Uh, I'd like to congratulate you on having a very good Christmas, but I feel like I need to apologize on behalf of you for all of our listeners and viewers having a terrible Christmas because you lost another 10,000 units over the football weekend. You had four 5,000-unit plays. Yes. And you damn near guaranteed that you'd be winning some money for the people to do some last-minute Christmas shopping. Let's make sure that you got them all right, the ones that you chose on Friday. You were one and three on your 5,000-unit plays. Here's what you had, and I I typed this to myself at 8.52 a.m. during our show last Friday, the last time we met with the people. You had the Denver Broncos minus seven, and they lost to the Patriots outright. Keeping Belichick's job for him. You had the Kansas City Chiefs on Christmas minus 10, and they lost outright. Good job there, Kelsey. Way to throw your helmet all over the field, jackass. Boy, everyone's calling Taylor Swift Yoko Ono now. Yeah, great job there, Taylor. Breaking up the Chiefs. Pen pal. Mm -hmm. You had 5,000 units on the San Francisco 49ers. They lost outright. Yeah, go kiss that MVP goodbye, Brock Purdy. Yeah, the guy never should have been in the mix for MVP because he's the eighth best player on his team, and I'm glad people finally realized that. He's not as bad as he was Monday. He's still having a great year. This is not a Brock Purdy sucks take that I have. This is a he's not the MVP of the NFL, and it's a joke that people thought he was. Uh, Yeah, he just played against the MVP of the league. Lamar? Yeah, you can make a case. I mean, I don't know. Dak's got way better. Dak has way better numbers than Lamar. Lamar's the MVP favorite right now because this is what we do. We overreact a ton. We saw it in college football with the Heisman where Bo Nix was a heavy Heisman favorite. And he Look at lost. his stats. Look at his stats. He lost. And then right after the game, Jaden Daniels was the heavy Heisman favorite. It's like, okay, if you want to argue Jaden Daniels to win it, I would have argued that uh, regardless of what Bo Nix did because of the year that Jaden Daniels had. 
But like we are in this total overreaction thing to where, yeah, now Brock Purdy is like the sixth best odds to win the Heisman. Just Lamar like that, Jackson, from one to six. Yeah, Lamar Jackson goes from like five to one. Like Dak was the favorite two weeks ago. He has the stinker of the game last weekend uh, against Buffalo, and he drops all the way like to five. It's like, what are we doing here? Are you going to give these people my big winner, though? Your big win? Well, it was the same winner. It was 5,000 units. Uh, the one game you did get right was Baker, Baker, money maker. Baker, Baker, money maker. And he's ready to make that money again for you this week. He's on fire right now. Yeah, he's been amazing. I think eight touchdowns to no picks in his last three games. The Bucs have won four in a row. The guy that I didn't think would make it as a wide receiver in the NFL is crushing it. Mike Evans, just oh. crushing it. Yeah, that was that was maybe the worst take you've ever had. Ever. That, ever. That, guy, that guy should be a first ballot Hall of Famer. He's a definite Hall of Famer. Uh, he should be a first ballot, considering he's had 1,000 yards every year he's been in the league. I think he's got the longest thousand yard streak to start a career for any receiver in NFL Worst history. Sports take of all times. Yeah. And he had Brady for a couple of years, but you think of some of the other QBs that Mike Evans oh, has played yeah. with. Uh, not great. Yeah. The Bucs, the Bucs are the favorites now in that division. They play the Saints this weekend. That's a huge, huge game. Sounds like Bucs, a 5,000 unit play to me. Well, the Bucs are only three point favorites. Where's it uh, at? In Nola? No, it's in Tampa. Oh, yeah. We'll be there's something else happening in NOLA. Oh, that's weekend. right. They can't keep using up the stadium. Yeah. So the seven and eight Saints at the eight and seven Bucks, a battle for first in the NFC South. Tampa's only a three point favorite. I know. That doesn't seem like enough, does it? No, it doesn't. The Bucs are playing some damn good football. Uh, that's the game you got right. The Bucs all over Jacksonville. The Jags are scuffling. Could right I take now. anybody playing Syracuse somehow? You bet on Syracuse last week. And they lost 45 to nothing to South Florida. And I literally told you you were an idiot for doing that, and you wow. still did it. Wow. So. Anybody playing? I don't even know who their coach is now. Fran Tarkenton or something. Who's taking on that group? Fran Brown. It's Georgia's DB coach. He's got the head coaching job there? Yeah. 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 I mean, I don't think he's coaching the still game. Suck. Yeah, probably. It's a bunch of journalists, dude. They can't play football. It's amazing. No, they can't. So, uh, yeah. So, one in three on your 5,000 unit plays, which means you're down another 10,000 units. Uh, I honestly forgot over the holiday weekend how many units you were down before. I think the, uh, I think I was down 20. I think it was way more than that. No, no. So, if you can't keep count there, account. Yeah, that's, that's how bad you've been. Oh, I'll go back to Friday's show and find it. Or one of our no, listeners. No, no, no. We can just move along. <laughs> It was it's either like 27 or 31 or 32 or 30. I will get you. Remember, it's the big bowl games coming up. I will get you very close this weekend. Okay. Well, you got you got three bowl games today. You've got um the little By the way, I had them all right yesterday. Yeah, you didn't make those picks on the show. I know I had them all right. Good job. Yeah, you, you beat uh UNLV and the refs with your Kansas bet. That's impressive. All right, four bowl games today, and you actually have some big name programs playing today. You've Tell got, me, go ahead. You've got Virginia Tech Tulane in the military bowl presented by gobowling.com because when I go think military, bowling? <laughs> because when I think military, I think of bowling. And what is gobowling.com? Is that like, is that bowling? Like the sports? Or is that I don't know what the hell that is. Telling you to support college football bowl games. Okay. I'm it's doing horrible. a quick gobowling.com is 
yeah taking food. your family bowling yeah what you can literally search up news what's happening on and near the lanes no you know? no things and also when a free uh, free bowling for a year on their website Ooh. right now so you've got virginia tech two lane that's uh, at one o'clock what is that line it's gotta be 10 who do you think's favored uh virginia tech virginia tech's favored by 10 and a half wow Tulane's 11 and two. They must have a ton of opt outs. Virginia Tech is six and six. Yeah, I'll give you 5,000 units on Virginia Tech. And Tulane lost its coach, I guess. Willie Fritz took the job in Houston. Yeah, anybody who's lost a coach, forget about it. So you're going 5,000 units on Va Tech minus 10 and a half? Yes. Okay. And there will be a fight in that game, too. Writing that down. Okay, you've got um, the Dukes Mayo Bowl. One of the best trophies and celebrations in all of sports Gross. where the winning coach gets uh, mayonnaise poured on them. Mac Brown in North Carolina taking on Neil Brown. Battle of the Brown. Oh, I don't know if I can say that. Uh, West Virginia and North Carolina. Battle of the Brownies? I was going to say Battle of the Browns, but I'm not sure either of those are socially acceptable here. In it is. It's okay. 2023. Uh, West Virginia, a six-point favorite. Against UNC. Any plays here? me the quarterback's not playing for North Carolina. He's opted out. Yeah, Drake May has opted out of this one. Yeah, I'll take I'll take the Mountaineers. You're doing 5K on West Virginia? Yes. Okay. Oh, this is awesome, man. You're going to be down like 80,000 units after today. All right. You've got the DirecTV Holiday Bowl. Louisville. <laughs> F Louisville. I know it didn't yeah. matter that they lost to Florida State. I don't want to touch that game. I don't want to bet put anything... I don't even want to put the people's money on Louisville after what I saw them the last time. They're going up against Lincoln Riley and USC. No Caleb Williams in that Two one. Two stinkers. No thanks. And Louisville's favored in that game? Six and a half. With that quarterback that they threw out there the last time? Don't yeah, even tell me he's gone. Well, where's he going? Enter the portal. Enter the, I don't know. Enter that the guy, dragon. Enter the portal. XFL, maybe. Maybe. I'm not sure they want. No, I don't want to touch that. I don't want to do that to the people because I don't want to watch. I don't even want to watch that game. And then you've got the Little Brother Bowl tonight. Texas A&M and Oklahoma State, the Texas Bowl down in h I will take Okie State. Okie State is a three-point favorite. A&M opened up as a favorite in this game, like even despite half their team announcing that they were opting out. And I guess the public realized like A&M might not even have a roster to field in this game. Holly Gordon playing in this game? I think so. I know he's coming back next year, so I, I don't see why. Still, yeah, okay, yeah. So. I'll take Oklahoma State for five thousand units. No, okay. by the way, make that a ten thousand unit play. Okay. That's a team that played in a championship game. Are they going to still be bumming, or are they going to see a team from the state of Texas and want to kill them? I don't know. Oh, that's Here. a nationally televised game for Gundy too. Anything, all, all these games are nationally televised. Anything for Gundy on TV means he chokes too. Are you still doing it? No. Yeah, no, five thousand or zero thousand? Zero thousand. I'll just You're take. Them. I'll take those other those first two. Wow, what a one eighty! You went from making that one of your biggest plays of the season to not playing it at all. No, it's Mike Gundy. He sucks. Oh, like you said though, he played for a conference Mother title. Of children. Mother of children. He sucks. I just saw him a couple weeks ago. His team was horrible. That's why I don't read the newspaper because it's garbage. So is your game plan. <laughs> All right. So 5K on Virginia Tech and 5K on West Virginia. Yeah, we'll tonight. have some more coming up this week. There's some good games this week. I'd like to congratulate uh, 
Tulane and North Carolina on their bowl victories tonight. And congrats to all of you who are choosing to fade the buck. Uh, so yeah, four games tomorrow. Drake May has opted out, though, huh? Yeah, I think Drake May's out. 90% sure. Someone He's will let us know. He's second quarterback taken. Yeah, he might be the first. I mean, I, I don't think he will be, but there are a couple of draft pundits who have Drake May as QB1 over Caleb Williams in this class. Uh, I do not, but I don't call myself a draft pundit. But to me, Caleb Williams is, is QB1 for sure in this class. But Drake May's a beast. There are a lot of years where Drake May oh, yeah, be the number one quarterback off the board. Uh, this year, though, I don't think will be that year. Yeah, good games tomorrow, too. We'll, we'll see if you have any 5,000 units on the Alamo Bowl, Arizona, Oklahoma. Interesting. I night. know Alamo Bowl. You know, I know that. Yeah, you do remember the Alamo Bowl. Also, uh, NC State and K-State play. And then your Boston College Eagles play tomorrow night. So we'll see. We'll see if you've got any uh, gold star locks for the people during tomorrow's Wishing show. you and bringing you a happy new year, folks. Sorry about Christmas. Yeah, sorry. Get over it. Christmas. Get yeah. over it. <laughs> yeah, get over not being able to buy gifts for your kids because of Bucky. That's no big deal. No problem at all. Get over that. Yeah, but when when the new year rolls in, you'll say, you know what he did? He got me winners. When it was, yeah. when it was all said and done, that dude got me winners. That's exactly mm -hmm. right. You said that about the Jewish New Year when we hit that in September, and it hasn't gotten much better in this year for us. So I'm getting, I'm getting a little bit better. I'm getting a little bit closer. You, you literally lost 10,000 units this weekend. These officials are crushing me with their penalties. Yeah. Oh, offensive offsides. Hey, move back some kid. Oh, but you're uh, in motion now. I mean, these guys really, yeah. why are they screwing up the games? Why? Because the they're officials. Play. That's what they do. It's, it's their job. It's not their job, but they make it their job to get, Overly involved in ruined games. I'm starting oh, to think that's true about them wanting to see wanting their families to see them on TV. You know, as they huddle together like a little group there. And now right. the, and the head official has to bring like three or four of them together. Yeah. He doesn't just ask the guy who threw the flag. He brings the whole gang over there. What do you think we should do? Should we pick this up? No, you dumbass. You threw it on the ground. No, you don't need to pick it up. If you need to pick it up, why'd you throw it? I love when they pick up the flags now, too. They're getting, they're getting to the point of, no, we're going to pick this one up. What? The last two games yesterday were brutal. I mean, they both lasted longer than four hours. The Texas State-Rice game, a million reviews and a ton of penalties. And then the guaranteed rate with a T bowl. Uh, Kansas was penalized 18 times for 216 yards. UNLV also had nine for 99. I mean, wow. it was a total, total ref show yesterday. So... Yeah, hopefully as the bowl games get better, the refs get better too. You'd like to think that that's the case, right? That crappier refs get the crappier games. But now that we're post-Christmas, you'd love to think that, you know, that you're getting at least some better refs than what we had. But Yeah, and all this you know, fighting between the players. Hey, guys, you had a nice week off. You went to a place. You got to eat. You, under, you know what I'm saying? You, you, you love the week. You love the city that you were in. You didn't have to pay for anything. You got some gear. But you want to fight after the game when you lose the game. You guys want to fight each other. How stupid is that? Yeah. You guys are taking your helmets off and flinging helmets. I'm like, really? This bowl, the toastery bowl, you want to fight over the toastery bowl? You want to have somebody hit you in the face with a helmet over that game? Really? Hey, I won't get mad at kids for showing passion. 
All right. Passion. Yeah. That's stupidity. I don't know. All the fans think these games are meaningless. The players are still showing you that these games mean a little something to them. It's good. No, they just want to fight. All right. Fight. You got all week to fight. Fight your own guys. You want to fight? fight. You've been in the towns. Fight in town or something. Try to wait till you get on TV and slow my game down. Now I got to see. No. Let him go. Hey, remember to hit the like button if you're watching on YouTube. Thank you for the reminder, Gregory. And uh, an announcement tomorrow. It's, tomorrow is Thursday, right? It is. It's a Wednesday that feels like a Monday. Uh, tomorrow, we will be doing a Sugar Bowl roundtable live at Pluckers. Very nice. The link location. We'll be there from 2 to 5. The Buck's going to be there. Trey's going to be there. Kevin Dunn's going to be there. Rodney's going to be there. I will be there as well. Our intern, Young Brock, will be there too, helping out. But yeah, a round table getting you set for the Sugar Bowl, two to five tomorrow afternoon at Pluckers, the link location. We'll post some stuff on social media to uh, serve as a reminder, and we'll be announcing that throughout the course of today and tomorrow's programming to let you guys know. But we would love to see all of you out there, Pluckers, once again, the link location. Love okay. it. Uh, before we get back into the Sugar Bowl, Buck. How about a Florida woman story for you? Oh, got to have that. I mean, during the holiday season, of course you have to have that. Excuse me? Nah, no excuse me here. No McDonald's involved. I will pull up a picture of today's Florida woman Ooh. that we are talking about. Uh, this woman's name is Miracle Rivera. You need to change your name. You don't like Rivera? I don't like the miracle part. Well, it is a miracle, but yeah. Yeah, yeah that's a miracle to have a baby. What's wrong with that name? What does she do? Have the baby on a bus or something? Come on now. Miracle of life. Uh, okay, miracle in. of life. Every baby's a miracle of life. Absolutely. Miracle Rivera is 20 years young. She was charged with domestic battery over an incident that occurred around 3.30 in the morning local time on Christmas Eve. Nothing happens good after midnight. Uh, I disagree with that. Uh, <laughs> According to an arrest affidavit that uh, was picked up by Fox 35 Orlando, you say, all right, what well, was the domestic battery? Why was she arrested? Well, I would do anything for love, but I won't do that. Oh, no, com- I, I will not do that. No. Did you just combine two songs there? Or is that one song? Just one song. What's, who is that? Meatloaf. Meatloaf. Yes. Okay, I don't know if I know that. And I don't song. mean that guy sitting down with that with the the sausage. <laughs> okay, so what does she do? Go ahead. I'm sorry. All right. So Rivera and the victim, a 24 year old who's unidentified in the story, they were engaged in a verbal altercation at their house in St. Petersburg, Florida, and of course it was over alleged infidelity. Of course, at that time of the morning, yes. The two individuals were eventually separated after the victim walked into the living room. But Rivera followed him into the living room, picked up a Christmas tree, and struck him repeatedly while he was lying on the couch. She struck her boyfriend repeatedly with a Christmas tree during an argument. She picked the thing up and used it as a weapon to hit this dude. He suffered numerous scratches on his upper body and arms screwed up a lot of good ornaments i bet 
Yeah, well, the tree's probably effed, right? Especially if it was a real one. Like, there's stuff all over that couch and all over that house now, right? Yeah, but see, if you've done my dad's deal, you nail that bad boy down into the floor, that tree wouldn't have come off that easy. You're and right. You'd be able to make a move out of that house, dude. Your dad was onto something. Maybe he was worried yes. that, that your mom was going to beat him with a Christmas tree. So he, he damn near beat him with that tree after he put that the hole in the wood. Yep. Yeah, this couple, uh, they had been living together apparently for two years. Uh, but once again, alleged infidelity turned into a verbal argument. And it got to the point where she, yeah, picked up a Christmas tree. No words on if it was real or fake. No words on how big it was. Uh, but yeah, she used that as a weapon. That is a new one. I don't think I've ever u- uh, heard anybody use a Christmas tree as a weapon. Buck. Only Florida woman could do that. Only Florida woman could do that. Only a miracle could do that. That was a miracle. Way to go. Only miracle. Florida man gets his ass beat with a Christmas tree, too. By yeah, the how, way. Do you, well, how do you fight back a, against a Christmas tree? Like, what do you do there? You grab the tree and just hold? Because you can't. By the way, who separated them? What are they living with? Groups of 12 or something at the house? When you said they se- they were separated when they moved into the living room. I mean, separate. who was up at 3 o'clock in the morning to separate them? Uncle Joe or something? Santa Claus, maybe? <laughs> Santa Claus was making his rounds. Yeah, hey, he's like, oh, what, what did I just walk into here? <laughs> hey, don't screw up this tree. And don't yeah. mess with that chimney, Florida woman. Yeah, I don't know. I think when it says separated, it just means the guy walked into a different room. Like maybe they oh, were I yelling see. at each other in the kitchen. He's like, all right, I'm done here. And she's like, shit, no, you're not. And then she went into that room and grabbed the Christmas tree and started wailing on him. Beat his ass go. with a Christmas tree. Yeah. So, so you're out on Miracle Rivera? I'm not down with her at all. No, she is too mean. You beat a man with a Christmas tree. You got a little mean streak in you. 20 now, you, years young, which in Florida, I think that's 10 years clear of legal. Yeah, her up. Yeah, yeah. She didn't. Yeah. She's been in the county before. Wasn't her first time at 20. You think so? Oh, no. she's There's several, there's several looks right there. She's got several different mug shots coming right there. Getting arrested on Christmas Eve. She was released from custody on Christmas Day and has pleaded not guilty, according to the New York Daily News. Look at all the pine cones and all those needles in that guy's face, probably. Oh, you think she whacked him with the star at the top? Oh, everything. That's got to hurt, man. There's some sharp shit on the tree, isn't there? Yes, those bulbs, those little glass things, that stuff gets in your eye. You're a goner. Yeah. Oh, that's what... He said, or she said. <laughs> oh, sorry about that miracle. That stuff gets in your eye, and she's a goner. Mm. So there you go. There's your uh, your Christmas-related Florida story today. Uh, 20-year-old Miracle Rivera, thank you very much. For yes, she can go on with her life. You're not hooking up with that. As, no, that. No, that, no, can't do that, no. Jake asks, how many Four Locos? I don't think you're familiar with Four Locos, Buck. Is that a drink? Is that a beverage? If you ever, you know, you got confused by ranch water a couple of months ago. Yes. Thought maybe it said it water on it. It said yeah. ranch water. What did, where's, the, where's the confusion in that? I still don't get that. Why am I confused about that? Whoever made that product should be confused. It said ranch water, and it was in a can, which means they got water straight from the ranch. And when I popped that over, it had a tint of tequila smell in it. Mm. Yeah, what did you think it was? Like Hidden Valley was making water now? Just going to get like globs of ranch dressing mixed in? I just in? thought maybe that was non, a non-alcohol beverage. 
ranch water. I mean, they've got that crap up in, in the in the uh, Arlington area, that water that says like devil water or something. Hmm. I, what is the water? Somebody tell us what that is. Evil water or devil water. It's a brand of water. It's a company that makes water. I'm not drinking that shit. Ebola water? I was at, I was at, um, where was I? I think I was at a, um, two years ago, I was at the high school game. The first year that they made the Rangers ballpark, they became Choctaw. And so we, we did a high school game there, Lake Travis game there, and they had this water, and I swear it said something about Satan water or something. I'm like, liquid death, maybe? Yeah, liquid death. I'm like, yeah. why the hell am I going to drink this? It doesn't sound right for water. What, is somebody pissing it? I'm not drinking that. But yeah, liquid death. It's a brand of water. Okay, that makes me want to drink it. You know what their slogan is? What is it? Murder your thirst. People love liquid death, dude. It comes in those cans, and people say it's colder than any other water. That's why people love it so much. Liquid comes, death. Com comes in those aluminum cans. And people and are just buying that shit like mad, huh? Buying it like Olipop, huh? It's, it's, it's good. Like I, I don't think it's much different than any other water that you could get, but it's good. People love it. It's everywhere. No, that's all they had at the stadium. I didn't drink water. I could have had another episode because I didn't want to drink water. I'm not drinking liquid death. You don't get it. That's just, it's just water. That's fine. Well, so should be ranch water then. It, it says ranch water. I, I can't argue against that. Like, I know what ranch water is, so I know it's not that, but I could see how that would be confusing for somebody. Now, if, you looked at the, if you looked at the ingredients, it would clearly show you that it's not water. No, because generally when something says water on the side, okay. It's yeah. water. It's Ooh. just another. They got it from France or they came from Europe or something. Okay. It's just another form of water. I didn't think ranch water had tequila in it. Yeah. Who's looking at the ingredients anyways, right? Nobody no. knows that. All right. Let's um, let's give some love to some sponsors. We'll wrap up with more Sugar Bowl talk. I've got How about our good friends at Sue Patrick, which sure. Jay is wanting us possibly there on Friday again. We're selling out the place every time we show up. And, dude, I, how many stops have I made at Sue Patrick over the last month? My goodness. You're like LeBron, not two, not three. Oh, my goodness. Not four. You know, they've got that incredible selection of Texas Longhorn apparel, folks, collectibles, accessories, and even more. And I love the more because they've got more of everything that you want. But they've got any volleyball national championship uh, jerseys, the, the actual one that the ladies wore. They've got the hats. Look at I'm wearing my Sue Patrick this is the best seller they have of hats there. Check this out. Just yeah. that normal Longhorn hat. Never had one just with this, just with the horn on it. Before they sell a bunch of these. They've got that, and they've got free shipping for you. Anything over $49, they got free shipping for you. Now, there's there's curbside pickup right there, free parking. But, dude, over the last week or so, that damn parking lot was so filled. I know the other places that are in that St. Patrick parking lot are going, what in the hell? I mean, there are people coming in and out of there by the droves, and I love the folks here. For more information, go to suepatrick.com. Uh, when, you, when you're there, say hello to Sue Patrick. She'll be there, of course. Jay Willems will be there. They've got everything that you're looking for, and they've got the specialized hats. They've got some, and they've got, you know what I like too, BK? They've got that that shirt, that shirt for the Sugar Bowl. I love it. Look at this. Sue Patrick needs more employees, Bear says. That thing was mob scene over the last couple of days. When we show up, it's going to get sold out. We may show up on Friday again. We just might. I might go there later today. There you go. Got to get some shirts. 
Be careful. Don't tell them what shirts. No, I'm going to get the Texas volleyball shirts. There you go. That's what I'm getting. So don't buy those. That's a good save by me. Shout out to Sue Patrick. Also, shout out to our guy Steve over at Pest Wranglers. Pest Wranglers, Pest Wranglers, Pest Wranglers. What are you doing? I'm making a silly commercial like other companies so people will remember our name. But we're not like other companies. Anyone could see that from our five-star reviews. But how will people remember Pest Wranglers? Well, once they try us, they'll never forget that we are the most effective, reliable, and affordable pest control company. I guess you're right. Pest Wranglers is the best at pest control, wildlife management, termite pest control. Pest Wranglers, Pest Wranglers, Pest Wranglers. What are you doing? Hey, it couldn't hurt. Pest Wranglers. 512-670-7808 or find us on the web at pestwranglers.com. You know, I got my wife from Sue Patrick and opened it up before snow globe with the bats. Hey, the little black, the bats are in it. It is awesome. Yeah. Those things are bad. They are unbelievable. I love yeah. that snow globe. Shout out to them. Shout out to Altstadt Beer as well. They're big parts of us getting to New Orleans for our Sugar Bowl coverage, the best beer that you could find. I'll, I'll probably stock the covert car with some Altstadt beer. There you go. So we got some at the uh, Airbnb we're staying at in New Orleans. And uh, also got to give some love to our guy, Travis, at Hayes City Store. Thank you, Travis. Travis and Tamara Tindall, the best people that you're going to find. Salt of the earth. I'm telling you, the dictionary picture of salt of the earth, those two. Uh, Hayes City Store down in Driftwood. We've been telling you all about them for years. The great burgers, the enchiladas, the chicken fried steaks. They've got everything, plus 40 beers on tap, giant TVs, that massive outdoor patio, live music on weekends, great vibes all the time. They've got that new spot in Buda called Taste. Yeah. On Maine, I went there, what, last week, I guess. God, it, yeah, it was it, last it, week, yep. Felt like uh, three weeks ago, but it was an amazing, amazing dining experience. Fantastic steaks and seafood, uh, an extensive cocktail menu and wine selection. It's it's more upscale than Hayes City Store, but they've got a gorgeous patio set up as well. Just a fantastic dining experience. If you're down south, hell, even if you're not living in the Butte-Kyle area, it's still worth a trek to either Hayes City Store or Taste on Maine. But if you are down there, definitely go check those places out for a meal that you will not forget. One place we never forget is 7-Eleven. We saw our man Ashish, of course, speaking of Sue Patrick. That guy was owning it. Oh. I don't know. I know he has no he may not have any cash for us, but I tell you what, whoever he was shopping for Sue Patrick, he went there about three or four times last week. He yep. got it done. But his 7-Elevens, I'll be there today. I need hard copy. I need to see how many penalties and all these fights and everything that were going on in these bowl games. So I will get the hard copy while you just open up your computer because the hard copy is key on a Wednesday. I'll tell you that right now. Wednesday's the day because then I can get Monday's news from the Austin American Statesman. The hard copy is a key on a Wednesday. Yes. Yeah, no one's ever said that before. Is that a first for yeah. anybody saying about the paper? I think so. I think okay. so. All right, more on this uh, Sugar Bowl. And, of course, all of the shows all day long will be talking Texas and Washington. And the Buck and I will be talking Texas and Washington all week leading up to Monday's game. But I found this interesting. So, look, Washington, like Texas is favored in this game. The Longhorns are four to four and a half point favorites wherever you look, which is a little bit interesting because Texas like a lot of points to me. Texas is the lower seed. Obviously, the Longhorns have lost a game. Meanwhile, Washington's got the longest active winning streak in college football. Right, they're thirteen and zero this year, but they've won twenty straight going back to last year. And of course, one of those twenty was the Alamo Bowl win uh, against Texas last December. But Texas is still the favorite, and I think it's because Texas just has a more talented roster on paper. 
Like if you go and look at the recruiting rankings, which every Texas fan knows recruiting rankings don't always turn into success. You got to develop talent. And thankfully this coaching staff is actually developing talent here in Austin. Uh, but yeah, I think that's the reason why Texas is favored. People just view that Texas is the more talented team in this matchup. I will say this about Washington. So we talked about it last week, Buck, that on Jordan Reed, who is ESPN's NFL draft expert, they've got Mel, they've got McShay, but Jordan Reed mm-hmm. is also one of the guys that they have. Matt Miller's there too. Uh, the Longhorns have five guys in Jordan Reed's top 50. It's Worthy, it's Mitchell, it's Sanders, it's Murphy, and it's Sweat. Okay. Washington has four of Jordan Reed's top 50. And actually all four of the guys are in his top 31 prospects on his NFL draft board. So if you're going into this game thinking Washington doesn't have a lot of talent, you're wrong. Like this team is loaded. With are they all, are they all offensive guys? They've got one edge rusher, Braylon Trice, who is their best edge rusher, who doesn't have a ton of production on paper this year. Like his stats were a little bit down. I think he was playing hurt for large portions of the season, uh, but he's still a freaking beast. It's him. It's Michael Penix Jr. It's Roma Dunze, who uh, is probably the second receiver off the board behind Marvin Harrison Jr., but Adunze could be a top 10 pick. Michael Penix Jr. may be a late first, if not that early second round pick. Uh, Braylon Trice could be a first round pick. And then their left tackle, Troy Fatanu. Yes, he's a beast. A huge part of their Joe Moore, uh, Joe Moore Award winning offensive line. All four of those guys are top 31 draft prospects, according to Jordan Reed. So they've, like, Texas has a ton of NFL dudes. We know this. We've watched this team play all year long. But Washington's got plenty of Sunday players as well. You're going to be watching a lot of NFL guys in the Sugar Bowl. Oh, yeah. Very first. There's no, there's no doubt about it. But yeah. There's none coming out of the secondary for them and none in the secondary for Texas right now. Well, it's funny. Washington's best secondary player, at least their best corner, is a guy by the name of Jabbar Muhammad. He's actually cousins with Malik Muhammad. Oh, really? I'm not just saying that because they have the same last name. Like, I don't know if it's first cousins, but they are related. So Manny Muhammad, the true freshman, has been one of Texas's best corners all season long. And he's obviously gotten better as this year has gone along. Uh, Jabbar Muhammad is maybe Washington's best cornerback, and he's been that way all year long. So you've got uh, another little storyline in this matchup with uh, cousins. I'm not talking about gambling cousins. We're talking about real cousins here. Uh, going up against each other, but yeah, neither, neither secondary is uh, is all that good. You've got studs at receiver on both sides. You've got studs on the line of scrimmage on both sides. You've got two great quarterbacks, of course, Michael Penix, the Heisman runner-up, and Quinn Ewers having a phenomenal year for Texas. Uh, I mentioned this earlier. We'll we'll maybe dive into this more in detail tomorrow or Friday. But Quinn Ewers is just a completely different quarterback going up against Washington this year than what he was last year. Right. I mean, yours completion percentage in 2022 was 58%. This year it's at 71%. Yeah. The guy, the guy's control of the offense is incredible right now. I mean, and, and when Sark is throwing even new stuff at him during this part of the year, he's just, he's fine with it. It's not, it, it's not taking him a game or two to break into a lot of new things that they're doing. He just, it's just flowing right now for him. Yeah. And then you think, all right, well, the completion percentage has gone up a lot. It's probably because there's been a bunch of short passes and screens. Not as many drops. The average yards per catch for Quinn Ewers this year went from 7.4 to 9. So, like, these, 
the, the increase in completion percentage is not just a product of oh, a lot of easier throws. There have been plenty of easy throws, but Quinn Ewers himself is just way more accurate this year. Boy, and they're much better year. at catch and run this year. Yeah, that helps too. But also the deep ball. Like it hasn't been as consistent as we would have liked this year. Sure. But there have been a couple of huge deep balls. Obviously the Alabama game, Texas hit a couple to win that one. I think of the dagger catch that uh, Adonai Mitchell had in Fort Worth to hold off TCU's furious late game comeback. Uh, there were a few big plays in the Tech game, a few big plays in the Oklahoma State game. So, yeah, Quinn Ewers is a beast. Michael Penix Jr., obviously a stud. He could be a first-round pick this year. Uh, it's going to be fun, man. I mean, look, you don't make it to the college football playoff unless you've got a lot of talent. These two teams, uh, tons of talent all over the place and two great coaching staffs that have really, really developed and, and turned these into two legit championship contenders. Yeah, it's, it's, it's as I said, I, I still believe it'll be about the commitment. We'll see which group is committed to, be, to, to being really physical in this game. Yeah. Uh, and, and although Washington throws and they do have a thousand-yard rusher, are they going to be committed physically to stopping Texas from running the ball? Because Texas may be able to really run the ball. Now, they're good against the run Washington, but Texas runs the ball so well right now. They are really kind of at the pinnacle since their running back got hurt. Since Brooks got hurt, they're at the pinnacle of their run game right now. They're hard to stop, you know, and, and the coach is dialing up some really nice stuff right now. So if they can continue, if this month didn't screw that up and they can get back into that rhythm, I think it's tough on Washington, the run game for Texas. Yeah. The hope is, you know, C.J. Baxter has gotten better. Yeah. These 15 bowl practices that are still and healthier going on. even and healthier even. And the hope is Jaden Blue has gotten oh, yeah. better. Right. Like eh, there's reason to believe that everybody gets better because it's, you know, two extra weeks of practice and you're watching film and you're game planning and yada, yada. Uh, and school has been out for a lot of this. So you can really just focus on getting better as a player, but especially young guys. Right. But it feels like oh, these bowl sure. practices are massive, massive for young guys. And yeah, those two running backs, you're talking about a true freshman and you're talking about a redshirt sophomore in Jaden Blue, but a guy who doesn't have a lot of experience under his belt so hopefully yeah, these, uh, these bowl games this these these four teams their bowl practices are a little bit different you play in the, the the bowl in san antonio or the tostitos bowl or some of this other stuff mm -hmm. you let the young guys that are going to be there next year get a lot of those and the older guys are still kind of chilled out and the coaches don't mind because a lot of them will be gone they want to see what these young guys can do you know and they're get you know they get that you know 12 or 13 extra practices is great these right here Veterans are practicing. This is for a championship. Believe me, there's, there's not a, there's not one of those days where they're saying, well, we're going to do all these young guys. Oh, hell no. I need every bit of everybody in yep. this, for this for a national championship game. Yeah, a little different this time around. Right? Really the, is. the leading rusher for Texas against Washington last year was Keelan Robinson. Don't think that's going to happen this year. No offense, Keelan. Although he needs to play because he is around. You need to just know he is there. Sure. No, I, I hope he does play. I hope he makes a couple of big plays, both in the return game oh, yeah. and on offense as well, because you're right. He's been awesome down the stretch for this team. Uh, the leading receiver for Texas, Casey Kane, no longer with the program. So that's not going to happen again this year. A little bit different this time around going up against the Huskies. Yeah, I wish that guy was good luck, but I just never was – impressed by him at all no, he was good in the bowl game okay i was yeah, impressed I with him in the bowl game for a while yeah he, he didn't play that much like he, he wasn't as good as worthy or mitchell or whittington and he looked so. like he had all the tools it looked like he had the size and everything else it just it just never came about yeah, or one or, or you know what he just wasn't here long enough to get developed sure Who knows? Well, he, 
he wasn't as good as two first round picks and Jordan Whittington, who yeah. was a five star who's been awesome at Texas. Like, like Jonte Cook, I, I think Jonte Cook's a stud. I think he's going to be a freaking monster for Texas. And all of the insider practice reports that I've read all season long, but even during bowl season, have basically indicated that no, like Jonte is a beast, and his coaching staff knows he's a beast. Jonte's problem is he's just not as good as two first round picks and Jordan right. Whittington. Like, you know, he'll play some, I think, on Monday. But the future for that kid is so bright. It's just tough to crack this wide receiver rotation. Really this year is. Yes. How good those dudes have been all season long. So there you go. More on this game tomorrow and Friday. And, of course, throughout the day right here on Texas Sports Unfiltered. One final shout out to some sponsors. How about our guy, Brian Hummel, over at Hummel Realty. If you're searching for your dream home in Austin, Maybe you're just curious how much your home is worth. Look no further than Brian Hummel, your trusted Austin realtor with Realty One Group Prosper. Brian is more than just a realtor. He's a full service expert. He'll oversee your entire housing transaction from start to finish, and he'll be there for you every step of the way, whether you're buying or selling. He's going to be there for you and explain everything in plain English. He's got more than two decades of experience in Austin. He knows this market incredibly well. He is an expert, but he's also a trusted partner who is committed to your success. Give him a call, 512-619-1347, or go to HummelRealtor.com. Brian Hummel with Realty One, the one you need. You're going to see him once I get you that new house for 2024, once we get all settled up in these bowl games. That's right. My unit plays, by the time that is, you'll be able to afford a new house. You know, if I had been fading you all season long, I would be able to afford a new house right now. Oh, you just need to get a new chair. You know, like the relaxed back chair that I have. You yep. need to get one of these with all the great comfort that I have. That's what you need. That's all you need for the new year is a new chair. We got to get him out of that that beach That's chair it. he stole from the beach. You know what I mean? In Houston, he stole that from his apartment. We need to, for him to send that back. Hey, we'll be down in Houston next week. So you need to take that back and put it back at the apartment pool. <laughs> All I need for the new year is some more chaos in my life. Yeah, All you right. got that. There it is. I got a fucking vacuum cleaner behind me. I forgot to move the vacuum cleaner. That's all right. Like I've been cleaning, man. That's Sorry. all right. We we clean things up around here, so so that, that's a good we problem. Sometimes got we got to clean up the mess after these two shenanigans. Uh, and there were some right shenanigans here. this morning for sure. I, I've got candles. Hey, in, I've got candles in my room, so we're we're clean around here. Ronnie, what do you think of my thoughts of doing a live nativity scene at my house next year out here in Dripping Springs? But like with with. A little baby, the Virgin Mary. I said we got to find a virgin. Uh, yeah, good luck with that. Can I be one three. of the wise? Can I be one see, of the three see, wise? See, men? You know, that first thing BK says, I'm one of the three wise men. Do I want to be one of the three wise men too. I want to bring the be. I want to be right, the guy at the motel what, that says. What, what gifts did the wise men bring? Myrrh, Frankenstein, oh, Frankenstein. Frankenstein, Frankenstein. Oh, I don't even know what the hell that stuff is. And I was, and I was in that play. Yeah, well, within that play, I everybody was in that play, but and we and weed. And I'm weed. not. I'm not bringing weed. shit. No. I'm bringing you guys nothing. <laughs> I want to be. Bringing, I want to be the I'm dude at the motel. The hotel. Oh, you want to be the bad guy that said, "Get out of the stable." No, you guys. So, you know. so we don't have, have to hear this stupid story about the manger that let them in for free, or or the the you know. Whatever the hell they call him, the innkeeper, the innkeeper that let him in for free. I'm gonna pay for your night stay. How about that Holiday Inn Express, huh? You wanna have a stay on me? Have a stay on me, Jesus. Rags is out. Rags is out. No, He's no, 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 he no. Can't. 
You can't, you can't be a I want to be, I'll be the innkeeper and I'll say, let, let me show you the Hotwire app. Here's how you can stay with us. Hotwire. We'll get you in here cheap. You're not getting it. You're not getting the point. I've got to go get some donkeys and some sheep. I got to get all that stuff to be out front. The big, I need the big spotlights and stuff. It's one night only, Christmas Eve. That's it. It's over. Amen. We're not having. And I, who's going to be the little it. babe in a, in in the we're wee going babe to find a, a baby. We're going to go. We're going to go to one of these uh, daycare, mini, you know, those little mini care places that open twenty four seven. Find a baby. We're kidnapping <laughs> a baby. Huh? We're kidnapping a kid. Yes, and the baby can't be any more than three days old. We're bringing that baby. We'll keep it in swaddling clothing. It's going to be in the hospital. No, no, no. We'll keep three the baby Three days old, warm. it's going to be in the hospital. No, yeah. dude, we're borrowing the baby for three We'll for bring it back. Night. Well, trust me, we don't want your baby. We'll bring it back. We may have to have a doll. Maybe we can use a doll or no, something. No, that's not like a real that. nativity scene if we're using dolls, guys. We can't it's use fake animals. They don't get it, BK. They're out. They're both I'm, out. I'm I'm Jewish, and I'm offended by this disparagement of Jesus Christ I'm right in. now. I'm in. Yeah. Hey, I, I did want to ask you guys something. Y'all were Merry talking Christmas about, about y'all were talking about dogs taking a shit, yeah, and, and all that stuff out in the yard. <laughs> why is it when people say that their dogs, you know, are going to go do that? Why do they say my dog's got to go to the bathroom? Dog doesn't know what a bathroom is. No. They go and they shit and they piss. It's like the dog's got to go to the restroom. No, no, my wife calls it potty. Dogs going potty. I'm like he is. Now I better, better not jump potty in here in the house. Is he going to jump on one of my potties? <laughs> he says, now, go potty. I'm like, yeah, don't tell that to the dog. Go in one my of dog. the bathrooms. Yeah, my dog's going to go drag its ass on the grass for a little bit. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> my, right back. my dog's just shit and piss. That's all they do. <laughs> that is all they do. Goodness. Rodney, and if you're stepping in now, don't you throw your shoes away? Back in the day no. when you were a kid, you just wiped them off and, and washed and hosed them down. I said, at this age, if I step in it, I'm getting a new pair. That's it. I'm you not know, wiping it off. The other day, I was out in the yard, and I had on my slides, you know, the, the slip-on shoes or whatever. Oh, yeah, like, yeah. Yeah, so I had those on, and I was going to do a workout. And so I go to the workout with my slides on. I look underneath, and there's dog shit on there. Oh, my and God. I just threw them in. I just put them in the locker. You know, like, I just put them in. <laughs> <laughs> like, you got to work it out later. It's like, you know, it's like sweat. You got cake and dog crap on your shoes, and you just throw them in a, in a confined locker to where the smell's going to be. Yeah, <laughs> That That's is what I did. great. That's I'm what throwing I did. them out in the trash. Roddy's put them in the locker for it's later. Stunk. It's stunk anyway, guys. It smells oh, like shit. It's like, you know, whatever. Open that locker up. I'm like, uh, here I am. You know, all the dog oh, shit. This show's a mess. I got to go. <laughs> there it is. Boom. Slam it down. <laughs> <laughs>